It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So Michael Sussman, former Clinton campaign lawyer, is not guilty. Not guilty of lying to the FBI, and uh, already we're seeing a lot of liberals say that the whole Russiagate hoax narrative is fake news, because all of these journalists who wrote that Donald Trump was colluding with Russia, well, they've got Pulitzers, that uh, the convictions in the Russiagate investigation, well, they've all stood up to the test of time. But uh, the Durham probe, mm, nothing so far. Mm. Well, actually, what we learned in the investigation is that it's all basically true, that Hillary Clinton signed off on spreading bunk information to the media. And then this guy went to the FBI and misrepresented himself. At least that's what they claimed. And the jury said, well, they couldn't meet the burden. But many conservatives are saying, actually, the issue is twofold. One, it's a D.C. jury. Several of the jurors that were uh, in the jury pool donated to Hillary Clinton. Now, we don't know if they actually made it to the jury because it was anonymous. But one even uh, said they they would try their best to be impartial. That's amazing. (laughs) And, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's tr- really they'll, incredible. They'll try. The, so. other, the other issue is that uh, Tom Fitton said, when you try to make the FBI the victims, no one's, well, you've, you've, got no, you've got no case. The issue is that the FBI were co-conspirators. At least that's what he's, he's arguing. I think ultimately anybody who thought there was going to be accountability, at least for now, in the Russiagate narrative, surprise, surprise, I got to admit it feels a little boring. You know, I was like, this is the big news. Everybody saw this coming. In fact, a lot of people I know who are deeply in, uh, entrenched in politics were like, I haven't really, really been paying attention because this is exactly what we thought was going to happen. So we'll talk about that. We got a bunch of other crazy stories. There was a fire at a chicken factory, a fire at a chemical plant. Now, apparently the mainstream media says these fires are conspiracy theories. It's, there's, no, there's nothing here, nothing happening. But we'll talk about that. Gas prices once again at a new record. Ugh. Yeah, also, so hold on. Boring week. It's just like everything's worse. Yeah, we know. Uh, I, I got a comment on this. They were arguing that it's not fake news because journalists won Pulitzer's for reporting on it. Right. Is that their actual argument? Well, they won awards. It's real that news, right? That is the evidence. All right. Yes. Well, let, we, I've brought him up a number of times, but just look into Walter Durante, uh, yeah, the man seriously. who literally covered up millions of people being starved to death for the New York Times and then won a Pulitzer Prize right. for it, which Pulitzer refused to revoke upon reexamining the case. We're going to talk about all of this. Thank you, and uh, as welcome. many of you may have already noticed, we have Brandon Strzok joining us. Hey, everybody. Good so, to be uh, here. What, what's going me. on? Who are you? What do you do? Well, I'm Brandon Strzok. I created the Walkaway Movement in 2018, and uh, which really caught fire for a few years. And then, um, you know, the clouds came in 2020, uh, shortly after the election, and I had a pretty rough year for the last year and a half. I think we'll get into it tonight, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. What up? But Shamus I'm really happy to be here. I'm just not, not no, here. no, no, I wasn't sure He's if you wanted here. to say yeah. something yeah. to him or not. I was, you I was turning a little warm up here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's hot today. It My hot. name is uh, Seamus Coughlin. Right. Uh, I have a YouTube channel <laughs> called Freedom Tunes. And I don't know if you guys know this. I don't know if you guys know this, but I just launched a oh. website 
freedomtunes.com I want to plug we're selling subscriptions five bucks a month <laughs> you'll get us help get us independent from big tech you'll also get extra cartoons that the public doesn't get one extra cartoon a week Ooh. we got like got a bunch of videos up there now you guys will love it it's freedom tunes t-o-o-n-s yes that's right but if you put if you spell it wrong as many people do it it'll redirect? still take you to the oh, oh that's nice. hardcore dude yeah, yeah, smart. Yeah, yeah. metal yeah. Uh, hey everybody Ian Crossland here uh, from iancrossland.net nothing to report yet but man am I looking forward to hanging out and talking tonight maybe we can talk you, about gun control or something oh like definitely that. yeah uh, Ian was talking about how he thinks everybody should have high-powered siege weapons. Yeah. Oh, yes. As I started to think about it, if you find yourself as a defender, which basically what these weapons are to defend our, our, our rights and our liberty, uh, if you're being attacked, they will set up forward operating bases in entrenched positions, and you still need, are going to need to assault the attacker to get them out of the attack formation. So in that I love case... I love right now that uh, they're sharing this clip of me saying that the Second Amendment protects your right to keep and bear arms, including nukes and biological weapons. Um, yeah. And they're like, they don't understand legal versus moral arguments. I'm like, I'm not saying people should have them. I'm saying the Second Amendment says arms, and that's never been changed, other than we've just kind of culturally and passively said okay to mm-hmm. restrictions. Yeah. Because no one's going to get a nuke, right? But I digress. Well, I have always kind of thought that people should be able to own anything that the military can own. That only seems fair to me. But I also digress. I'm also here in the corner pushing buttons. Happy to do it for these guys. Let's get going. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member. To help support our work as a member, you'll get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. We're going to have one up for you. It'll be published around 11 or so p.m. You'll also be helping make sure we can maintain our infrastructure. We've got some, uh, we got some conversations happening in the background about changes. We want to be supporting companies that are more resilient to big tech censorship. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to figure out how to implement these best. That will be coming soon. But don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's talk about this story here from the post-millennial. Trump slams corrupt legal system following acquittal of Michael Sussman. Our legal system is corrupt, Trump wrote. Right. So uh, perhaps Trump will get reelected and then he'll start firing all of these people. We'll see. This is a story from CNN. Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman was acquitted Tuesday of lying to the FBI in his first trial in the first trial of special counsel John Durham's investigation. The verdict is a major defeat for Durham and his Justice Department prosecutors who have spent three years looking for wrongdoing in the Trump-Russia probe. He claimed Sussman lied during a 2016 meeting in which he passed a tip to the FBI about Donald Trump and Russia. The D.C. federal jury deliberated for six hours over two days before reaching its verdict. The Sussman case revolved around his September meeting with uh, 2016 meeting with James Baker, a friend who was the FBI's general counsel. Sussman passed along a tip that led to a four-month FBI inquiry into a possible internet back channel between the Trump organization and Kremlin-linked Alpha Bank. Both companies denied the claim, and the FBI didn't find any improper links. And uh, we learned from testimony that Hillary Clinton signed off on it, that many high-powered, high-profile Democrats were deeply involved in this. The story was complete BS, but apparently the FBI already knew, so it was a waste of everyone's time. If this is all Durham has, I can't say I'm surprised, but maybe something else will happen. I would be surprised if there was any accountability. What I find fascinating is that you have people who spread a, a lie, which cost the federal government, what, what was it, 50 million, 35 million for the Mueller, Mueller investigation. So much. Mm-hmm. They, they obvi- this, this guy misrepresents who he's working with, claiming, I, I believe the, the, what he was claiming he wasn't working with, with any campaign, but he was working for the Clinton campaign. He, n- no problem. But what about, Peter Navarro right now being subpoenaed to testify before the grand jury, threats of, of putting him in jail like Steve Bannon if they don't, if they don't come and testify. I hate to say it. Double standard. Yeah. Right? 
Well, look, it's not just that it was a waste of everyone's time. It was actually an attempted insurrection. The purpose was right. to remove a democratically elected president from the office the people of this nation decided he should have through the legal process. It was uh, uh, it was a political insurrection attempt. Mm. Absolutely, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think anyone involved in, the, in, in this, we, we should we should file some Fourteenth Amendment lawsuits mm. about their eligibility to run for office. Seriously, seriously. I mean, none of those people should still have a job. That is, I mean, it, it's unbelievably heinous. And of course, the media helped them along every single step of the way. I mentioned a poll on the show the other day when they pulled Democratic voters. They found fifty percent of them believed Russia literally hacked voting machines in the United States and changed the votes. That's how paranoid people got over this. In 2016? They thought that happened in 2016? Uh, Yeah, that's what they believed happened in the 2016 election. And And no one got banned from big tech. No one was told that that was a conspiracy theory they couldn't spread. No one had their life destroyed over it. Quite the opposite. Yeah, exactly. They won awards for it. They won awards for it. Exactly. And so one thing I find a little bit interesting is that when the, the previous president was accused of some sort of election fraud. We investigated the president. When this president was accused of the same thing, we investigated the people accusing him. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Yeah. And everybody was insane who believed that that was a, 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 any possibility whatsoever, that Joe Biden didn't get 81 million votes. Mm-hmm. Legit- You're legit- not allowed legit- to say that. You're not allowed to, to, to question the narrative, the, the official news stories. But again, in 2016, I mean, you still have people saying these things online. And I, 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 I've got some questions for, for Google and YouTube. You've got people on YouTube right now that will say that they believed the Russia narrative and all that stuff. But that's okay because the New York Times said so, right? So they're allowed to say that. But if you're a Trump supporter and you say something about 2020, you're, you're gone. You're, you're allowed gone. to question it. Like, because like, for instance, Dominion, private company tallying votes in, in private. We don't know what they did. And that's the problem in my eyes. I question, what did they do? But making claims about it is where things start to get tricky when it mm-hmm. comes to social media administration. Think about this. In the Trump fraud narrative, people were spreading this admittedly ridiculous story about servers in Germany and like a CIA shootout and all that stuff. And they were like, what's going on? And it's like, where does this stuff come from? And then you have Donald Trump running a secret server with a German bank because he was a, an asset of Vladimir Putin since the 1980s. And I'm like, dude, hmm. you actually had – I think it was Jonathan Chait is his name. Who said Donald Trump may be a a Soviet asset? He yep. said Donald right. Trump may have been a Russian asset since the eighties, and I'm like, that was the Soviet Union, dude. Like yeah. he, he's he's still a part of whatever is going on. Yeah, him and Tulsi Gabbard, and that yeah, yeah. and that was mainstream. That was MSNBC. That was New York Mag. Totally acceptable to say. And then a bunch of people with MAGA hats on said something equally as absurd, and they were like, "Wow, look at those crazy people. Look what they believe." I don't. I don't see how we hold this country together, man. But well, but I think it goes beyond elections too, because to, to your point about you know not being allowed to question something. I mean, they went so far with this as to name it. They call it the big lie, and anybody who questions this, they're questioning the big lie. And their whole point is that well, it's it's too dangerous and it's too destabilizing to allow people to question the election. Look, look what could happen to society if they do. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Meanwhile, these are the same people who throughout the entire year of 2020 went on TV night after night after night telling black people that they're not safe to walk to their mailbox because of police 
police officer will come and shoot them, encouraging every single night these riots that were happening all across the country. But that's not a big lie. We're not questioning that. There are FBI statistics that we can look at and see this is not a legitimate problem in this country the way it's being portrayed by the media. But that's fine to say every single night while people are getting killed and neighborhoods is, are burning to the ground. This is why I often say that the two factions aren't really left or right. It's do you believe the lie, the mainstream media, or do you challenge the mainstream media? Do you believe the official narrative or do you question the official narrative? That's it. You know, earlier you asked me if I was a conservative yet or something like that. You're like, are you conservative yet? And I was like, no, I don't think so. I, I think it doesn't matter your politi- your political positions are. It matters if you if you believe the lies. Right. Yeah, but you're one of, I think, the most sort of high-profile transitioners that we've seen. Transitioners? Yeah, well, you've, you've been transitioning. He's been taking I think, testosterone to be what, what, conservative. What, but serious question, what issues have I changed on in the past 10 years? I don't know about issues, but I just – I know that my uh, – my experience sort of following you was that you were sort of a, a well-known podcaster who tended to have what I think a lot of people thought were left-wing values. I became aware of you mostly because I had started Walkaway and people kept saying, Tim Pool's talking about Walkaway, Tim Pool's talking about Walkaway. And it seemed at the time, like when you were first talking about me, that you maybe didn't like me that much or what I was doing. Or you're just like, oh my God, like, look what's happening in society. And that's why Brandon Strzok and this Walkaway is taking off and stuff. And now you're, <laughs> you kind of seem like a Walkaway to me. And now, but Walkaway's not well, about no, becoming definitely. conservative. But, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I supported Democrats in 2020 in the primary, Tulsi yeah. Gabbard and Andrew Yang. Am I screaming? Yeah, you're no. screaming. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're good. You're fine. Uh, my you're ears are bleeding fine. already. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I ended so up voting for Trump. Just turning down. So okay. and, uh, Tulsi? But Tulsi and Tulsi and Yang, I support in the primaries. Okay, so the, the Russian assets, basically. Tim. Oh yeah, Yang, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I don't know. No, about I, I don't know about Yang. Tulsi was definitely called a Russian asset. Oh, for by sure. Hillary, isn't that nuts? They were like, no, we need a <laughs> we need a woman of color in this election, and then it's like we need Tulsi Gabbard off the stage. She's like a Hawaiian. Her skin is you know like she's mauve. Like, I don't like know what Indian, color you're She's like they're like some people of color are more people of color than other people That's of right. color. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Based on their opinions, of course. Well, it was basically, you know, they 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 were uh, grooming Tulsi Gabbard to be this big Democrat player. And she then she, she 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 turned Became on Hillary honest. Clinton, yeah. supported Bernie Sanders. And then I'm just imagining, you know, you know, all of these top level Democrats like Debbie Wasserman Schultz faints and then Hillary catches her and she's fanning her like, oh, oh, Tulsi, what have you done? Oh. And that's and then they were just like, she's out. Get rid of her. Yeah. yeah. Well, and she really let Kamala have it, too, mm-hmm. in, oh, the, in the debates. Amazing. That was great. That was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Ripped her. She shot Those back at days. Hillary pretty uh, decently, too. Man, she called her yeah. queen of the warmongers. That's right. <laughs> Fantastic. That was 2019, right? So yeah. I, wow. Regarding walking away, Brandon, what you're saying, I do think of it as like walking away from believing the TV when I when I mm. am told things. Like when Hillary's emails got leaked to uh, WikiLeaks and I started reading about her dealings with, you know, uh, Sidney Blumenthal and his company, Osprey Global Solutions, moving them into Libya and wanting to set up an arms dealership in Libya, basically, like gun running. That was like, it was hard to get people to believe it. And it was shocking that people didn't believe it because it was in her emails to Sydney and, and her assistants and things like that. But at the same time, I could no longer tolerate it. I can't live a lie. Mm-hmm. So I had no choice but to walk away from that garbage, that consumptory garbage, trying to eat everything in its path. Like you were I, 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 I just well, think oh, – go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I don't know if you uh, know this, Ian, but one thing I learned from my television is if someone did something really bad and they get caught, if the person who caught them is bad, that means they didn't do the bad thing. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Turns out it was, it was a bunch of big bad Russians or something well, like that. And then I also it wasn't <laughs> from my TV that if a person does a bad thing, 
and the president questions the bad thing and asks for an investigation, it's actually the president who did the bad thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, that's a fact. And that's that always true, no matter fact. who the president is. No, no, no. Calm down. Calm yeah. down. Yeah. If the president's <laughs> if the president's name starts with a T R U M P and ends with T R U M P, got it. Always bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The Ukraine stuff, I, I is is the most mind warping, crazy. Like, you have a video of Joe Biden saying quid pro quo. Joe Biden literally on video laughing about he tried to halt U.S. congressionally approved aid to Ukraine unless he got a personal favor. And they were like, you can't do this. And he goes, call the president, see what he says. And then Trump was like, wow, that looks like a, you know, something. What's up with that? And they were like, Trump did it. It's like, it's like imagine being in an elevator and then you fart and then tell the other guy that it was them. Like, that's what spend, they were doing. Then you spend three years investigating. <laughs> no, no. Then who then, farted? It was definitely him. The, the elevator opens up and there's a crowd of people standing in front of it. And they go, oh, what was that? And you see Biden going, and they're like, it was clearly him. It's on video. And then, but wait, it was Trump. Trump was the one who did the bad thing after all. That's actually what they did. Joe Biden mm-hmm. threatened the, the, the president of Ukraine with withholding approved aid unless yes. they did him a personal favor. Yes. And, but, but it was the, it was the policy of the United States at the time. It's like, no, 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 no. Look, Joe Biden didn't have the authority to supersede uh, approved aid. That's what they said when, when, when Trump yeah. said, that, you know, look into this. They said Trump has no has no right to to block aid to Ukraine. It's like that's what he was t- calling saying Joe Biden was doing. So why are you not yelling about Joe Biden doing it? Because the media, it's all just it's a puppet show, man. But that's Trump- the ultimate gaslighting what you're describing right now. And they, if I think that if people on the left who are still subscribing to to the left, like I used to before I walked away, could actually see it. Um, they're so brazen about accusing other people of doing the exact things that they're actually doing. I mean, that is like the, the, the bread crumb, crumb trail right there. If people could see it, like if the Democrats are accusing somebody of doing it automatically, they're doing it right now. Investigate, yeah. investigate. But the people don't see it. You know, why I don't call it the left is because in 2006, it was the Republicans. It was George Bush and Cheney. If you question the 9-11 narrative and the war in Iraq, you were like all of a sudden an outcast and a conspiracy theorist. And then it was like Bill Crystal, the war advisor. He, all of a sudden, he's a Democrat now. He's with Hillary Clinton now. He's a, right? It's so, so weird. So there's this is war party that is like unaffiliated. And, and it's like they're the one making the media tell the you the lies. Mm-hmm. But that's a question that I actually wanted to ask all you guys when you were talking a second ago about like media narratives. I, I get asked this all the time as somebody who left the left and I ended up becoming a Republican. Um, in my opinion, you know, I used to hate Fox News as a liberal. I used to think Fox News was everything that they said was a lie and some sort of conspiracy theory and that they were doling out misinformation. Hmm. Now, you know, I've spent a lot of time watching Fox News over the last four or five years, and I don't feel that way anymore. I I do believe that they are absolutely biased. I think they absolutely have a point of view that they're trying to push, but I don't see examples of them blatantly lying and creating misinformation and creating completely false stories. But I do see that from left-wing media all the time. So do you think it's equal? Because I get asked this question all the time. People are like, oh, well, Fox News does that too. Do you you think they do? MSNBC is owned by Comcast, which is owned by BlackRock. I don't know how deep it goes on Fox's end. Uh, I think Fox, what is it? Fox, 20th Century Fox is owned by Disney at this point. What is Fox News owned by Disney? Fox News is, 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 I think it's still News Corp, right? I don't know how deep BlackRock has their tentacles on Fox. Fox doesn't play, you know, it's crazy that we're at this point where I used to, I, I was talking about this the other day, I used to watch CNN, I used to have it on all the time. And then one day it was just a Trump 
panel. And I was like, isn't, isn't something happening? And I turned on Fox News and they were like, riots erupt in Iran. And I was like, oh, wow. And I'm watching video footage of these riots. And then later there's like a big storm. And I turn on CNN and there's a panel talking about Trump. And then I change the channel and it's Fox. And they're like, prepare for the storm. Big storm's coming. Here's what people are saying. And I was just <laughs> like, CNN is not news. Mm-hmm. It is. It, you know what I think? Jeff Zucker was a reality TV guy. And so he approached CNN. Actually, let me let me stop before saying CNN. I'll tell you exactly what, what I experienced with Fusion. This was the ABC News Univision joint venture. I leave Vice. I join Fusion. And for the first six to eight months, they were like, we're going to do news. We, we, they had, a, they had a, a show about drug cartels and like federal agents and Mexican federal agents going after them. And then one day they were just like, we're changing things up. They hired a new editor in chief whose Twitter profile was down with whiteness and he's like a white guy and it was a black fist. And I was told that they were shifting into mission driven storytelling. Mm. And then I was told that because young people are progressive, that's what they're going after. They want to target young people and young people are progressive. So that's the narrative that they're pursuing. So all of a sudden there was this shift where it was like, tell the truth to side with the audience, tell them what they want to hear. Right. And that's what happened. There you go. It's like and that was, that was 2014. Right. The idea, I think, and then CNN obviously or adopts a similar. The dealer. Right. The, the CNN and all these media outlets adopted the exact same thing. They, you know, look, look at this show. We're not the most tribal show. But there's tribalism entrenched in what we do, of course, because everybody is has got a perspective. We're clearly in the right wing sphere of influence, whatever you want to call it, including libertarians, conservatives, and post liberals. We uh, have direct disagreements with establishment media, establishment personalities, and the leftists who outright support them. So that's there. But if you if you take a look at the prominent right wing voices, they're like middle of the road. If you take a look at the left, they're hard left pro establishment. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you have you have the left claiming, and I mean the legit left, the socialists, Joe Biden's bad. We can't support him. We all voted for him, and we think you should vote for him, too. Like, that was the funniest thing, watching these socialists be like, we don't like Joe Biden, but you have to vote for him. And I was like, this dude is the epitome. He's, he is like a, he's like Goldman Sachs, you know, ba- big banker, elite, corporate, neocon, neolib. For what reason would any leftist support that? I guess because they're fascists or whatever. No, they don't have principles. They literally do right. not have principles. What's most important to them is trying to establish a specific social order. And however they have to get their hands dirty along the way, they're willing to as long as they end up getting the pieces in the right place eventually. And this is interesting because uh, you you asked me before the show if I was conservative now and you know, t- talking about walking away. And I said, no, I don't think so. I think the issue is just as I mentioned a moment ago. If you believe the lies or not, if you if you trust the narrative from the establishment or you question it yeah. is what really separates the spheres of influence. Yeah. So when you see uh, we did this thing with uh, ground.news, you can look up someone's news consumption bias. Mm. Invariably, you pull up a left wing personality and it'll say all of like 80 or 90 percent of their news consumption is left wing sources. You pull up people like, you know, Michael Malice or me. And it says a balance of left, right, and center. Mine, I think, is 55% left-wing sources, then like 20% center, and the rest is right I think mine was 30 or 35. But then a lot of conservative personalities are like 60% conservative and then like 15 and 15 of centrist or left-wing. But they have way more left-wing news in their diet than the left has the other way around. Mm -hmm. So you'll, you'll, you'll see that. Then what happens is we bring someone on the show, this like former conservative guy, and he outright told me, the Joe Biden quid, quid pro quo thing didn't happen. I mentioned, I was like, so you get Joe Biden saying, you know, SOB, the guy got fired. And he goes, that didn't happen. 
and he like smirks, and I was and like, he said I, he couldn't let that stand or something. Yeah, like that. yeah that's right. Further than that, like I can't let that stand. That didn't happen. And I was like, yes, it did. And he's like, no, no, it didn't. And I was like, okay. And I pulled the video up, and I'm like, here's a video. Watch it. And he was like, oh. And I'm like, and like, what are you, are you serious? You didn't Google it. You just heard it. And you thought it was true. And that's the thing, man. The uh, uh, the Covington kid stuff. I don't just believe it. People are like, you got to see this, man. People on the right were critical of them, and I was like, right. well, what happened? And we have a lot of that going on right now. Like there was that story of that, uh, uh, that, that young, young girl in the school who was sexually assaulted in Loudoun County. And everyone on the right is just saying it was a trans person. And I'm like, that was never part of the story. They just started saying that. And I'm like, if you actually look it up, the kid never said they were trans. At least that's my, that's my understanding. Having read the story, I was like, if someone says something happened, I don't care if I'm on the left or right. I'm going to read it. It turns out reality has a conservative bias. At least in my investigation and in my doing of journalism and fact checking, that's what I found. The left lies about everything. Should we do the list again? Yeah. Russia oh Gate, Ukraine Gate, uh, Jussie Smollett, Michael Brown, Ahmed Arbery. What are we missing? Trayvon Martin. Wow. The media George actually. George Floyd. George Floyd. The media. Charlottesville. The me- oh, yeah. Joe Biden's whole campaign. Oh, yeah. Lies. Nonstop. Yeah. And then, they, and then the left tries to talk about the Republicans. And I'm like, yeah, who's praising Mitch McConnell right now? Right. I don't know anybody who's actively in politics who's like, that's a great guy. I'm really a b- big fan of him. But what is he even saying in terms of facts? Nothing. So I don't consider myself a conservative. I consider myself someone who is interested in what's true and what's real. You said something earlier that's interesting because I think a lot of people, a problem they're having is when they hear something that they don't necessarily want to believe, they just immediately say, that's not real. No. But a good, a strong mind is capable of tending an idea without believing it or disbelieving it, just allowing it to exist and considering it. Well, what you just described is literally the experience that I had that created the sort of epiphany, sorry, that created sort of the epiphany for me that um, began the journey of me walking away because it's uh, not to bore anybody Please who's tell heard me, this. Okay, okay. Um, after Trump got elected, you know, I had voted for Hillary. I was devastated and um, I was really acting out about it. I was really angry. And one of the things that I said was in January of 2017, so he was a it was around the time he was about to take office. I went on Facebook and I blasted conservatives in this post where I just said, you know, I'll never be able to understand how anyone could vote for a man who was capable of standing before a cheering crowd and mocking a reporter's disability. Do you remember that yeah. one? Yeah. And that's when um, somebody that I knew, um, she was my babysitter when I was a kid, this woman, Diane, she was always a conservative, but she reached out to me privately on Facebook with this video called Debunking That Trump Mocked yep. the Disabled Reporter. And she was like, you know, I'm just wondering, have you seen this? You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to start a fight with you. But I remember my instinct when I just reading the title of the video, I was so enraged that she would try, that anyone would try to debunk that he did that because I was like, but I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. I know he did it. I CNN told me he did it. And, um, then I decided, yeah, then I decided to watch (laughs) the video because I, um, I thought to myself, well, it's going to be really clear that this is like right wing propaganda and, and Fox News brainwashing. So then I can tell her how stupid she is for falling for it. And I watched it and I, it, it was like I almost dissociated from my body because my brain was like screaming at me like, Oh my God, I don't think he mocked that reporter's disability. And, but my heart was like going, yeah, but we hate him, but we hate him, but we hate him. <laughs> and uh, I had to watch it four times before I could reconcile within myself that I would. I was wrong. And, but then it took me at least another week or two before I was able to go back to Diane, that woman, and be like, okay, I, 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 I may be changing my mind about this one thing, not about Trump, but about this one incident. But that, it, that set me down the road of mm-hmm. trying to figure out what was going on with the media. And well, I, I want, well, I just want to make a point here. 
I remember that story as well. And and when I heard it, I didn't look too deeply into it. I thought maybe, I mean, I think it's horrible if he said something like that. Of course, it turned out to be fake news because basically everything they say turns out to be fake news. But even so, even if he had done something as horrible as mock somebody with a disability, because of Hillary Clinton, there are slave markets back in Libya. She completely decimated a country. And I'm sorry, but that's worse. That is so much worse. Even if Trump actually did it, which he didn't, it is worse to destroy an entire country to the point where slavery has returned to the region. So I didn't, I didn't vote in 2016 because I was just like, are you kidding me? Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. I heard what Trump was saying, but I was like, please, I've heard this all before. It's the back and forth nonsense. But I, I didn't think it'd be real hilarious if Trump ended up winning just because it's Trump. And then when Hillary lost, it was just so hilarious. But my, th- so, um, when it came to Joe Biden versus Trump, I, I, I was, I was flabbergasted at the leftists who were like, we're going to vote for Joe Biden. And I was like, Joe Biden was the vice president under Barack Obama. The National Defense Authorization Act, indefinite detention provisions, expansion of the war in the Middle East, expansion of drone strikes, the bombing of civilians, and then saying, oh, but they're military age males. The extrajudicial assassination of American citizens. And I was like, you screamed that George W. Bush was Hitler. And now you've got the vice president of a guy who killed American citizens without charge or trial. I'm voting for Trump because what? He, he was, he would, no new wars. There were, there were, there were more drone strikes as we were pulling troops. I was like, okay, look, Trump's not that bad. Right. I was like, you can, I hear all the complaints the left makes about him. I think his attitude, his, his character was like unbecoming of a presidential office. All of that stuff matters to a lot of people. Decorum does matter. But for me, I'm like, it matters relatively little compared to a booming economy in 2019. I don't blame him for COVID. I don't blame Joe Biden for COVID. But then looking at Joe Biden in the election, and I was like, if that guy gets elected, we'll be right back in Syria. We're going to have a, we're going to have new war. Mark my words. It is going to get worse. And Donald Trump had some good second term policy positions. So I said, okay, what do we get? Wow, man. Let, I want, I want to make sure everybody hears this. When you go to the gas pump and you see that little Joe Biden that says, I did that. That's not a joke. Joe Biden shut down Keystone. Joe Biden introduced new regulations on gas. He banned, uh, he, he put, he put a freeze on uh, oil and gases on federal land. There's a lot he's done. We had that video from Holly where he goes through all of the policies. And you know why Joe Biden did it? Climate change. Yep. Now, I'm not I'm not making a moral statement on climate change. I think pollution and, and all this stuff is really, really bad. I think there are issues with these massive population centers uh, overpopulating or polluting. But if you are wondering why your gas prices are high, it is because the people who are scared about climate change are enacting policies specifically because of climate change. They are saying they are doing it and it's causing economic crises. If you're cool, if you're cool with that because you think climate change is bad, well, just admit it. That, that's fine. I'm not issuing a moral statement, but Joe Biden literally did this because of climate change. And now we've got reports that farms are being paid out to farm. They're being paid to build solar farms instead. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yep. I mean, it's very obvious what they're doing. Just not telling people. But that's the reason. If you're a climate change activist, be proud. Those high gas prices mean less people will drive and lower carbon emissions. And if you are a middle American working class person who's struggling to pay your bills, that's why it's happening. But do you... Do you, I honestly, do you feel like your words will resonate with these people? I mean, this kind of goes back to the conversation you and I were having before the show. I mean, like, if, if Trump were to run again, are enough people getting it that it actually would make a difference? Because I actually believe that a lot of people on the left are willing to pay $6 a gallon for gas or more if they believe that we don't have Hitler in office again. Well, I, I may- I just want to say this. I mean, your former babysitter had faith that she could reach you. Right. And it worked, right? It worked when I was faced with the realization that something that I... Okay, here's the thing. I learned that my uh, my feelings were being manipulated mm. by the people that I trusted. I trusted CNN. I thought that they were honest. And I hated people like Donald Trump. And I hated people like Republicans because I thought that they were bad people. I thought they were people that did things like make fun of disabled people and everyone laughs and cheers. But as it turns out, to me, it's I say this all the time, you know, and it, as a gay person, I always say this, like... The left will pretend like they're the they're the people that care about black people and brown mm-hmm. people and LGBT people and all this stuff. But the thing is, they're actually lying and manipulating and exploiting all of these people to get them to think the way they want them to think and behave and vote the way that they want them to vote. I will any day of the week take the enemy that will look into my eyes and say, I don't like gay people. I, do, I just like, I'll never be down with you. I don't like you. Then the person who says, no, 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 I'm your friend. I'm on your side. I'm here to protect you. But they're actually lying to me and manipulating me. And that's what I discovered through that, through that experience. Me, well, I want to answer, I wanna, I answer okay. what he's asking. Yeah, yeah. But, but put, put a tag in that. Yeah. What I want to say is, are people getting the message? It depends on how you all at home are delivering the message. If you have someone who is deep blue, vote blue no matter who, Going to them and being like, it's your fault that gas prices are so high because Joe Biden and all and, and these climate not going to work. You can do two things. Me, I prefer the middle of the road, straightforward approach where when I'm talking with someone who I know might not agree, I'll just be like, man, you see those gas prices? And they'll go, yeah, dude. I'll be like, that's crazy. What is it? It's like six bucks in Pennsylvania. Jeez. It's like almost up, upwards of $8 in some parts of California. But hey, man, look. What we what we're seeing, Joe Biden, he's, he wants to fight climate change, you know, so they want to shut down Keystone Pipeline because they don't want the oil moving through. And then you get speculation, which drives prices. I mean, uh, Russia and all that stuff plays a role, but these prices were skyrocketing before that. So, look, I mean, if you guys want to be serious about climate change, this is what happens. That is an effective message. They might say, yeah, I get it. It's bad. And I'm suffering because of it. Or you can do the even more manipulative, which is you see gas prices. Eight bucks a gallon in California? Bro, high five. You know what this means? It means no one's driving. Good. <laughs> they shouldn't be driving anyway if they can't afford electric cars. 
These people think, oh, I can come out and talk about climate change, but they do nothing. They keep eating. They keep guzzling. They keep flushing their toilets. They take half an hour showers during droughts. Good. I hope they cry every time they see that $8 per gallon price. And that's Joe Biden who did that. Joe Biden sent a strong message to these American gluttons who are burning through carbon every single day. We will end climate change. Mark my words. And Joe Biden will do it. And then regular people are going to be like, that was psychotic. That's what you say <laughs> in the intersection before you drive off in your Tesla to the guy next to you. Exactly. <laughs> that's the so, so, so that's the more manipulative approach where you make someone be like, that's a crazy position. I don't want gas prices this high. I'm not a fan of that, but that is, you know, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's like, you have it's, to go there. it's like black propaganda. It's like shocking someone with, you know, what's going on. But I mean, I got to be honest, you don't even need to do that because maybe just show them a video of someone, you know, at like the DSA convention where they were like, my name's John, he, him. Can people stop clicking their pens because it's driving my anxiety? And then and then someone gets up and goes, stop saying guys. And then they're all yelling. I'm like, just show them, show them that video. But but in, in all reality, the way to effectively give someone the message is just to be polite about it and say, Joe Biden said he wanted to fight climate change. So he, he passed some regulations that caused the hiccups in the in the energy sector. He's not responsible for all of the escalation of gas prices, but he, he played a big role. I mean, a year before he came in office, gas was at like two bucks. Hmm. Now it's at like four to five bucks. So, I mean, that's obvious that, that, you know, climate change policy. I also kind of stopped playing the game of trying to change people's minds in one conversation. Oh, and yeah. play more of the chipping away with just yeah. honesty and kindness and listening to them because they'll, you know, they're probably not completely wrong about everything anyway. Yeah. So it's nice to hear. No, let's, that's let's, a good point. Well, no, I mean, it, there, there's an old saying in every heresy, there's a kernel of truth. Yeah. I mean, people believe things because there is like some shred of goodness there that they're trying to scrape at. And if you can figure out what that little kernel of goodness is, you can show them the truth and how it really fully embodies that. It's I'm tough. not saying it always works, well, look, but look, I am look. saying I, I agree with what Ian is saying that there is there is something there about like trying to figure now. Now, obviously we have people in this culture who are like completely bad faith actors or totally morally depraved. But I'm saying like someone you might meet in your everyday life who could be persuadable. So yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's the left and not the right. Right. Uh, uh, this is just reality. The right has post liberals. These are people who are the walkaway people. Yeah. They're still very politically liberal in a lot of issues, but they have aligned themselves now with Republicans. Pew research showed that what are they called the stressed sideliners lean right on political issues. And it's probably because the left keeps moving further and further left like that Elon Musk meme. So when you see uh, – there's one thing right now uh, about me because I'm, I'm, I'm staunch 2A. People are wondering what positions I've changed on. I went from – I think guns are cool. Maybe we can have some you know simple gun reforms that might make everybody happy too. Not all guns. Like guns are legal 2A. If you got a problem with it, you got to change the Constitution. So I said – in, on an episode that the Second Amendment protects the right to keep and bear nuclear arms and biological arms. But I'm not wrong. Now, just because Second Amendment protects it doesn't mean it's legal, you can do it, or you should be able to do it. So they take a clip of me, cut out the context where I'm like, people should have, pe- people have the right to have nukes. And, and Ian's like, and biological weapons, I'm like, absolutely. And then they cut out the part where I'm like, that doesn't mean they should. It means that when the Second Amendment was codified in the Constitution, people had warships that could flatten coastal cities. And the founding fathers knew that and were like, you can have it. The right to keep in barrams. And so there's a lot of sophistry in the Second Amendment argument where they say like, but a well-regulated militia, that has nothing to do with what the actual prescription of the Second Amendment is. They're saying because of this need, the people have a right to keep and bear arms. And arms means arms. Does it say except nuclear in the Second Amendment? It doesn't. Should it? I, perhaps it should. And that's something we will need to change. But that's that's something I, I, I've changed on for sure. Now, what happens is 
in this whole issue, they're sharing that clip out of context, and then they create fake context around it. Yeah. And so after they post that clip, the morsel of truth Seamus mentioned, Mm -hmm. they then will add something like, and after this, Tim said this, which I didn't say, and then people believe it because they saw a video and then saw someone telling them the story. Someone will say, Tim Poole thinks everyone should have a nuclear weapon because he wants humanity to be wiped out. Here's the video. Here's proof. And then people go, wow. Then they say, Tim Poole also claims that China manufactured COVID to wipe out white people or something like that, which is like something they're actually trying to claim. And these are high profile left wing accounts. That's why I say when you look at the right, they, 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 reality has a conservative bias, at least for now. Maybe it'll change in 10 years. What do you mean? What does that mean exactly? It means... So uh, Stephen Colbert had the famous quote, reality has a liberal bias. And what the point he was making, I guess, was that the liberal media, as conservatives call it, tends to be true and they're fake news. Therefore, reality must have a liberal bias. Hmm. The reality is today, if you're talking to a conservative personality, Ben Shapiro, great example. If you listen to Ben Shapiro, you are 99% of the time going to hear the absolute truth. To the best of his ability. I don't mean like the dude is omniscient. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be like, we got a new report coming out from the New York Times that says. Yeah, we yeah. have a new report from the New York Times. Right? This is what it says. Like, this is why they're absolutely wrong. But he will tell you what they're yep. saying. Jank Uger of the Young Turks will just say nonsense. Right. Yeah. And if you if you watch right. his show, uh, right. this okay. is why, you know, you watch the Young Turks. They'll just say things that are plumb not true. Mm-hmm. Or they'll just make dramatic personalized, like personal arguments that have nothing to do with the issues. Ben Shapiro, uh, he told us, he's like, I don't debate people. I have discussions with them, but they're, you know, the left will constantly be arguing. So what do they do? The video that goes viral of Ben Shapiro is some kid being like, well, <laughs> you can't please your wife. <laughs> and then the left is like, oh, and they'll high five each other. And I'm like, okay, why would, why would anyone want to be associated with that? And what does that have to do with the, pr- with the principled arguments we're having? Thus, you talk to someone on the right, you'll end up hearing closer to the truth than the left. Yeah. I think I agree with that. It's only because this liberal economic order has its fangs in the neck of the American citizen. I want, I want to talk about walking away. We have this story from AP. Some Democrats voting in GOP primaries to block Trump picks. Hmm. They go on to say, Diane Murray struggled with her decision all the way up to the election day. But when the time came, the 54-year-old, can we pull this up? Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. The uh, 54-year-old Georgia Democrat cast a ballot in last week's Republican primary for Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. While state law allowed her to participate in either party's primary, she said it felt like a violation of her core values to vote for the Republican, but it had to be done. She decided to prevent Donald Trump-backed election denier from becoming the battleground state election chief. Quote, I feel strongly that a democracy is at risk and that people who are holding up the big lie, as we call it, are holding onto the former president's uh, uh, president are dangerous to our democracy. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. There was data that came out that showed in Georgia, 7% of the Republican primary votes were former Democrats. Hmm. And the media then came out and started saying things like this. Oh, this is this this is Democrats trying to sabotage Trump. And I'm like, that's a really bad thing to say, even if it's true, that the will of the people is being subverted by people who are trying to uh, sabotage a primary. But I don't believe it's true. You I, don't. I don't believe that 7%, we're talking about 100,000 people, were all like, we're Democrats, but we're going to vote the Republican race to ruin Trump's chances. Is it bad that I absolutely believe it? You hmm. do believe that 100,000 people who voted did it because they hate Trump. I hmm. believe it's possible. I didn't say it's not possible. Yeah. I believe that it is just extremely unlikely. And the reality is it's people who are like, the economy is in the gutter. The, 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 there's a f- food shortage, a fuel shortage, and I'm paying five bucks a gallon for gas. I'm voting Republican. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But look, I mean, money talks, and it speaks much more eloquently and effectively than any rhetoric. 
people have to throw Dude. what six bucks into the pump to get a gallon of gas. Yeah, they're probably not going to vote for more of the same. I'll, 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 to your point though, it would be foolish of any Republican, conservative, right wing, whatever you want to call it, to ignore this story. One hundred percent. Because rest assured. It may come election time, and you're like, we got it in the bag. Look at the turnout from the Republican primaries, record-breaking. And then all of a sudden, there's a surge in Democrat votes because mm-hmm. they really were trying to sabotage you. Uh, I think it's absolutely possible that this is an organized effort to get in and sabotage things. I do think it can happen in the numbers that you just described. I think when you said earlier that these people have no principles, this could absolutely be an example of just that. But wait, hold on. My question for you is... I understand the the state of the country and the the price of gas and inflation, everything pushing people over to the right, or even making the decision. Oh my God, I'm going to vote Republican, even though I've never done that in my entire life. But to switch parties and vote in primaries, I'm not so sure. That's a good point. There's, but I, I think maybe a lot of people just don't understand what the primaries are. But I, but I do think it's a good point. But I will say this: in 2018, about 600,000 people voted in the Republican primary. In the in the primary in 2022, it was 1.1 million. They estimated only about 7% were former Democrats. This means that the Republicans are just seeing a surge in new voters. That says a lot. So I I, I wonder. Sorry. Who wants these new voters if they're coming? If you still just hate Trump. Okay, so it's. Uh, you know, I still hate Trump as much as I ever did, but I hate how expensive gas is. So I'm going to become a Republican and vote against any of the pro-Trump people. But they don't, they don't, you're not a Republican. Right. You're, they're not. Right. They don't know. So look, we're politicos, right? We, we're, we're deeply entrenched in all this stuff. The regular person is probably sitting in their living room and they're just like, they, they get, or they come home from work and they see their wife and she's like, how was work? And it's like, honey, man, I don't know how we're going to budget for this. Hmm. I mean, I just had to, I had to put 70 bucks in the gas tank to get to work. We're not making enough money. That's just this, 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 this Biden, this, these Democrats. It's like, well, I'm, a, I'm voting Republican. They don't know what the primaries are, what they mean for the most part. They just know they get the thing in the mail saying, go vote. And they're like, I'm voting Republican. But if this woman represents uh, some sort of like key demographic of these people, can we show the quote again, what she said? Yeah. She said, I feel strongly that our democracy is at risk and that people who are holding up the big lie, as we call it, are holding on to the former president are dangerous to democracy. Hmm. That is not just somebody who's like, I don't know how to budget for the month and I don't really follow politics. Right, I mean, but this that- is one person. So, right, but I'm just saying if she is representative of the mentality of a lot of these people making this this choice. So here's what they're saying. They're saying an AP analysis of early voting from data from L2 found that more than 37,000 people who voted in Georgia's Democrat primary two years ago cast ballots in last week's Republican primary, an unusually high number of so-called crossover voters, even taking into account the limited sample of early votes. I just got to say, in the absence of evidence, the solution that makes the least amount of assumptions tends to be the correct one. And what we have seen... I mean, I remember back in, it was like 2019 or 2020, we had the C-SPAN video where people were just calling, being like, I have voted Democrat for 20 years and I am sick to my stomach of this. I'm voting Republican. Hmm. We had these huge stories. I mean, you're Mr. Walkaway. How many people have you met who walked away? We had 9 million people in 2016 switch from Democrat to Republican. The simple solution is most people are just voting Republican because they're sick of the Democratic Party. Well, I can tell you that in the testimonials that we had before Facebook banned our group in 2021, uh, the videos and the, the written testimonials were all people saying that they had an awakening that sh- the, 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 I'd say the key thing that most people had in common was an awakening, awakening that they were being lied to, manipulated and exploited. And that that awakening led them to see that Trump 
was they understood why Trump was a uh, salvation to a lot of people, and they even considered. I mean, they said, "I'm going to vote for Trump." So it wasn't like I'm going to go, you know, hold my nose and vote for Trump this time, or I'm becoming a Republican, but I, I'm just not going to vote for the president. I mean, they were enthusiastic about Trump. All these right. people walking, the majority of these people walking. It, is, away. it, it wasn't this woman, right? It's a good point, well, though. I, that why are they voting in the primary? I yeah. think, well, I think it, part of the reason they liked him so much is because, in a sense, they're getting out of an abusive relationship with a really terrible ex, and he's talking smack to him all the time. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? I kind of like this guy. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Ian? Do you think these are, these are Democrats sabotaging? Do you think it's genuine? Uh, yeah, there's probably some people that are going to sign up for the other party to try and sabotage it. But I think a lot of people are disenfranchised with the Democratic Party. I mean, Biden's near demented at this state. It's near? really hard near, to watch yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. I'm very gracious about saying, coming out and being like, dementia, Alzheimer's, like, I'm not a doctor. So, Fair. But it, it but. seems that way. And, I mean, the Hillary Clinton email thing was insane. The let way me, Bernie Sanders me, got screwed over two two elections in a row, cycles let in me, a row. Let me, let me ask you this way, Ian. If I made you an offer, a, a, a wager, as it were, for $1, you could bet that Biden is either suffering from severe dementia or he's not. And if you are right, you would win $1,000. Which one would you bet? Like, dementia. Wait, hold on. wait, wait. I should probably put it the other way around. What I'm the trying to say. The lines are fading. My, my, my point, I, I suppose, I love the man, is, man. I want to help him. If you had to wager 1000 bucks and you could win 1000 bucks. You know, which one are you going to bet you on? You give me a thousand to one odds? Whatever. You could bet me a dollar for a dollar. I'd still say he has dementia. I don't know. That, that's my but point. But that's my like, guess. No, I mean, it looks, no he, he shuffles one. his feet and looks at the ground when he walks. No one is going to risk any amount of money. Like, like, except uh, for our entire economy. Dude, I guess, listen, what, I guess 80 yeah. million that's people. True. Listen to him do a video 10 years ago and then put on a video from 10 weeks ago. And it's like two different people. It's, it's terrifying that's true. that he's in but, charge but, of the military. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But Seamus, mm-hmm. a lot of people in 2020, we had, we had COVID lockdown. It was bad for a lot of people. And they said, we need change. This was Trump's leadership. They, they probably thought it's going to be like Obama all over mm-hmm. again. Those years, mm-hmm. oh man, they're remembering being in college or, you know, back in the good old days. And I was like, I remember we used to go to the bar and play Wii sports. And they're like, I got to vote for Joe Biden and bring back the Obama era. And now we bring back gotten? flip phones. Vote for Obama. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that Tara Reid story? I was trying to talk to my mother about the Tara Reid story because she didn't know, really know it. She's getting had been getting a lot of info from C- right. CNN, and and it's like, no, well, I mean, this girl, I don't know, credibly accused. That's a funny buzzword, no. credibly. But I mean, she was like, he pushed me up against the wall in the middle of the building, mm-hmm. Capitol building, wherever they were, and at. he did unspeakable things. Yes, mm-hmm. horrific. Yeah. And and she worked for him. She was like one of his aides, and like that just got pushed under the rug. Totally but pushed under the rug. I'm. Oh, lifting the rug up so you can look at it. Tara Reid, look at her name. It's R-E-A-D-E, by the way. I'm Joe Biden sniffs little girls. Like, this <laughs> is not even up for debate. There's videos of him it. doing it. And they don't talk. Right? Isn't that so bizarre that that's just not even discussed? Can but I the just... man has dementia and he sniffs children constantly. It's not oh, like I mean, a one-off weird. thing. I think, here's the thing. Now, I know you guys are going to call me crazy and maybe, you know, I thought conservatives were against cancel culture. I can't believe he's about to say this. I think if you sniff one child in public once, your career should be <laughs> <Yeah>. over. <laughs> Joe Biden has repeatedly <laughs> Sniff children. It is decades. a pattern. It is That's constant. Fair. The first right. time he did it, they should have walked him off stage and says, "Let's not do that again." It's like <laughs> when uh, regarding his leg hair being touched by the kids oh in the gosh. pool that he was telling us about. <laughs> I got hairy I think, legs. I think maybe that it was like the kids were like, "Ah, it's a sea monster!" Because ah! the hair was real long, and he was like, "Ah, you know, the grandkids are." So probably not insidious. I love when the media runs these stories where they're like, conservatives believe in conspiracy theories about a cabal of pedos and all that, and I'm like, listen, listen. 
I think those conspiracy theories are pretty nuts. But it's not helping your case that Joe Biden is sniffing children right. on stage in front of in front of the press. And you're angry at bills that want to prevent sexual education for kindergartners through third mm, grade. You're like, yeah. oh, no, this is the hill we want to die on. <laughs> and not just that. <laughs> bills that say you can't have secret conversations with children about sex that you tell them not to report to their parents. Right. Well, the media yeah, right. says it's not happening. I'm yeah, the only adult happening. you need to trust. Well, that's the other yeah. thing, right? It's not just that these things are happening. It's that the media is either pretending they're not happening or when they do talk about it, they try to completely twist the story and gaslight you into believing that you're the crazy one for being against these, these unspeakable don't things. Don't say gay. Don't yeah. say we gotta, gay. We have, you know that song institutionalized by suicidal tendencies? I'm not crazy institution. Yeah. yeah. We need to make a modern version of that, a cover. What's about the media? And it's like, I turn on the TV, I turn on CNN, you know, I'm like trying to figure out what's going on in the world. And they tell me, you know, Joe Biden didn't collude with the Ukrainian president to protect his son's business. And I'm like, yo, but there's video of him saying it. And they're just like, and then my mom comes in. You know that song? Here is it. <laughs> so the one, song's great. It's funny. One thing I, I used <laughs> yes, to do. Um, it is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was I was doing a cartoon a while ago about the uh, scandal with old Joe Biden withholding funds from Ukraine so that they would uh, do his bidding, basically, uh, and back off the investigation into the, the company his son was working Burisma. for. But, yeah, Burisma. And I I was like, well, you know what? It's always good to get the other perspective. I don't want to spread misinformation if I'm wrong about this. So I looked up to see what, like, the fact checkers were saying because usually what they'll do is gather all of what the left perceives to be as the strongest arguments against a conservative statement or position. And I'm not kidding you. The fact check I read said, well, it was actually Obama administration policy. So it's mostly false to say that, Joe Biden was doing this for his own goals or his own motives. It's like, what? Wow. He's the vice president of the administration. That's they not said better. that it was Obama's administration's policy to go blackmail the Ukrainian government. Basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know. I'd like to you see know, that. You know what I was thinking? Imagine this. It's a while ago. Imagine anybody oh, willing to vote for Joe Biden at this point. Hmm. That means they're like, well, the economy is in the gutter. Gas prices have shattered records consistently. Inflation is shattering records consistently. He sniffs children, and they want to take away our right to keep and bear arms. Like, he is the epitome of a fascist and who's just destroying everything, and they would prefer that. For you, what reason? You just, like, very matter-of-factly listed all of those things, and it's like, that is insane. That is actually what is happening. Like, that is the president of the United States right now. I got the feeling that people were so angry. I don't know if angry is the right word, but so disillusioned or didn't like Trump so much. They're like, I will vote for poop over that guy. You yep. give me a steaming pile of poop and I will vote for it. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that's because they're like diluted on drug, like psychoactive pharmaceuticals and they don't 
feel like they don't understand. Maybe they're just low IQ. Maybe people are just aren't as smart as I'm giving them credit for, and they're voting with their gut instead of their logic. The average person, you mean? Like what, what yeah. you're talking about the people who voted? Yeah, it's it's a good question. I mean, so like Time Magazine came out and published a part an article where they basically admitted that in every single way they possibly could legally, they orchestrated the election to ensure that they would get a specific outcome. And we live in a culture where people have been consistently trained to always take the path of least resistance and do whatever brings them pleasure as opposed to what makes sense. And what that results in is people who are just followers and will basically do whatever the media tells them, get upset about the issues the media tells them to be upset about and vote for the people the media tells them to vote for. I want to to pull this tweet from Michael Malice. He said, no one wants to take away your guns. No one wants to shut down your business. No one wants lockdowns to continue more than necessary. No one is going to force you to have a vaccine passport. No one is teaching your kids critical race theory. These are all just conspiracy theories. That's right. Hmm. Be Nobody wants theorist. to indoctrinate indoctrinate your children. That's right. Nobody, yeah, yeah, that's never happened before. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> they don't have kids; they have yours. Mm-hmm. I like right. that he that he said uh, they don't. It's not. What does he say? No one is going to. Before all those statements, mm-hmm. well said. No Michael. one wants to. Yeah. yeah, no one wants to fill this in. They didn't I want to. You made them do it. Right. I used to be, joke with my buddy Matt, and we'd be like, "It's not that I hate you. It's it's not that you're an idiot." That's not what I'm saying. You get it? Like, yeah. I, you started off with, it's not that, and then you just you say what you feel. You're not an idiot, by the but, way. I love so, you. Brandon, I want to talk to you, though. Okay. Uh, you, you walked away. You voted for Trump. Yes. Will you still vote for Trump? Hmm. Well, uh, I want to, you know, keep my options open for whatever uh, Ron is DeSantis, coming down maybe. the path. I'm a big Ron DeSantis fan. Mm-hmm. So we, DeSantis let's, fan. let's pull this up real quick. We have this from TimCast.com. Trump and DeSantis are now tied as 2024 frontrunners on Predictit. So Predictit, of course, is you know people can buy shares essentially in who they think they're going to win. Well, what do you think? First, you want to keep your, your your options open. You said. Well, all I mean is that I want to. Uh, he has to announce. I mean, that's the whole thing. Is he going to announce or not? I mean, I think that most people think that he is definitely. Um. So, I mean, if he announces and he's he, if he announces, I don't think that anyone can take him. Nor do I think that Ron DeSantis will even run if he announces. So in that scenario, uh, definitely. I'm Would vote. you vote for him if he if he runs? Yes. Yeah. Would you vote for him even if he shot someone on Fifth Avenue? <laughs> <laughs> That's a real question. Uh, probably. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, got him. But <laughs> you know, I think that. Um, a lot of people are very excited about DeSantis right now. Uh, I definitely think – I don't like a lot of what I'm seeing on the Trump side in terms of the devotion. Like I get it when he was in office. I even get it when he was running because he was so different. Uh, I, you know, I think that he uh, he got it. He understood the, the concerns of the American people at a time when people feel like America is being sold out and they needed a hero. And I think that he was that hero, uh, you know, for for a really long time. But at this point, um, because people, I think, are so desperate about how the 2020 election went and how things currently are in this country, there are factions within the Trump community that are becoming cultish. And you're not Dark allowed. Maga. You're not allowed to criticize him. You're not allowed to ask questions. You're not allowed to express a disfavorable opinion about anything mm-hmm. that he does. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, now we are becoming the thing that the left has said. If that's what it's going to be, I don't want to be. A, I will not be a part of a cult. So if I'm not allowed to criticize Trump, or if I'm not allowed to question decisions that he makes, like endorsing Dr. Oz, Ugh. or uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I if I'm not allowed to say that, then then I am out. 
because I'm not going to yeah, be a but, part but, of that culture. No, but you can still vote for Trump. You know, like, like yeah, I will, I will. But there's a difference between going in and voting for him and being really outspoken and endorsing. Lot. And you know, I, I, I think that I influenced a lot of people to come around to him in 2020. For sure. You know, the the the, the hardcore Trump supporters really do not like me because I won't support Trump's narrative on the election fraud stuff because mm-hmm. I just think it's. Look, I think the issue is you need to discuss what happened in 2020 in a methodical way. The problem is a lot of people put the, push these extreme stories about, you know, servers in Germany and watermarked ballots. I look forward to sitting down with, with former President Trump because we're, 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 we're planning on, you know, getting an interview hopefully. with him. Hopefully, yeah. no guarantees. It's, I'd be an honored. It'd be an honor and a privilege. Um, but I would like to ask him, Mr. President, did you watermark any ballots? And when he says no, I'll be like, okay. <laughs> See, this is the issue that YouTube is banning people for. Mm. They're banning people for those wild stories about secret behind the scenes missions. And what needs to be expressed is that Time magazine ran an article saying the shadow campaign to fortify the election That's or right. to save the election. And you talk about how rules were changed, about election laws, about universal mail-in voting, and the process that took over a year that resulted in a defeat. So Donald Trump can come out and say all of these things. But if he says it in a way where he's talking about those things, then you've got no problem. The issue is there's a lot of people who want to believe the craziest scenarios because they can't admit that people were willing to vote for for Joe Biden destroying this country because they hated Trump so much. And I think I think that's what happened. I think there's there's obvious BS that we saw. We saw videos. There's uh, Bill Barr said there was fraud, but just not enough of it. I think we saw unconstitutional voting rules. This is this this literally yeah. happened in Pennsylvania, where a judge ruled the voting law change was unconstitutional, but only after the fact. Right. Those things that happened. Okay. Like that. Would you focus on that stuff, and you stay away from the more conspiratorial stuff. Now, my point here: most people are referring to that stuff and not the weird conspiracy stuff. Right. YouTube will conflate all of it. And the media will conflate all of it so that when you're trying to talk to people, they don't understand what you're trying to say. Yeah, it's like uh, psychological surgery where if you make a mistake, the patient will die. And, and that's how the censors are treating this conversation. You have to be extremely, uh, I guess, accurate and um, I don't know. There's other words for it, but, but direct and focused and intentional when you're co- communicating about this election fraud in general. I mean, it's a, it's a huge conversation. It's important conversation. Yeah, but uh, the whole situation, the whole question around the election, I guess I'll put it that way, is I think one of the most prime examples of what has caused Trump people to be Trump people in the first place. I mean, this this enormous sect of people in this country who just get rolled over. They're not listened to. They're not respected. Nobody, people treat them like they don't exist. And we know that at minimum, at minimum, he got 74 million people to come out and vote for him, which is enormous. That's huge. But those 74 million people, at minimum, are treated like their concerns don't matter. And I have to say, look, if it was literally the other way around and uh, there were 74 million Biden voters who were outraged and thought the election was fixed, I'd say, let's put their mind at ease. Let's settle this. I don't... That, that's that's what happened with well, Hillary Clinton. Because I don't want this divide. Well, and I just but, want to mention, it's not just that they're told that their concerns don't matter. They are told that they have the most abhorrent, racist, sexist, bigoted concerns you could ever possibly have. They're basically neo-Nazis. They're horrible people who should be excluded from public life if they ever have the audacity to voice any of their actual opinions about anything. But I guess my point is that... This was never, this was never worked through. This was never settled right. mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And in fact, even the people on the left who 
who I think in a very sort of elitist and, and mocking way address the people who have concerns on the right. You know, they say um, there there's no substantial evidence that this happened. This has all been discredited. This has all been discredited mm-hmm. by who? Yeah. And when? <laughs> No, I mean, really, and I don't understand. By people who would never have wanted it to be true. <laughs> Why would you not want to validate and verify that you won? Uh, it, that doesn't make any sense to me. I, Rub it in our faces. The only Rub th- it in our faces. I mean, I just can assume, and it's I assume fear. They're afraid that if they do the right thing that they'll end up losing, and then that will be the end of the world. I don't know about like it's, that. That's a drastic we, look, fear-based I'm idea. wondering where the Arizona audit stuff went. A lot of the stuff that came out, people were like, Tim, why don't you talk about the Arizona stuff? I'm like, we did like five times. Like we had like multiple guests on who went through the data. We actually sat down with them. And then when the stuff from Arizona comes out, it's the same stuff we already talked about. And I was like, what am I supposed to say to this? And then they disappear. And I'm just like, they were checking for watermarks and stuff. And I was like, guys, I, people want to believe that the world is something more Mm -hmm. than it is. I got news for everybody. The world is boring. There is no cabal. You have people like Bill Gates for sure. But I've, I have been to, uh, I've been to Davos, not for the actual economic forum, but I was in the peripheral events where people were setting up. I've, I've, I've met with powerful politicians and ultra wealthy individuals and they're clueless half the time. They're just powerful. So when they have a whim, they do something crazy. I don't think that there is a, you know, beneath the streets of DC, hooded figures are meeting and having these conversations. I know I'm being a little facetious. I don't, I don't think that they secretly meet together. I think it's overt. I think you know they're meeting at Bilderberg. You know they're meeting at the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. They broadcast what they're saying from the World Economic Forum to the world. They're, you know, when it comes to what happens with Trump, they wrote a news article in Time Magazine about what they did. And it was a lot of new voter rules. It was a lot of get-out-the-vote stuff. Mm-hmm. It was nefarious behind-the-scenes, big-tech billionaires and things like that. And it's, it's all out in the open. It's all known what, you know, how, how, they, how they did this to Trump. To fortify the election. Yeah, but what's not out in the open or known is what the Dominion servers tallied. It's proprietary and they did it behind the scenes and then told us what it said and we just had to take them at face value. If we're going to fortify this election for real, we need some sort of like third gap where our votes are put on a blockchain and they can be observed. Ian, Ian, about Dominion, you're right. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> we it's don't, good to we, see you again, we, man. We, yeah, we don't know a proprietary voting machine. We don't know what's on it. So I can certainly see if people are upset about that. My response immediately is, Open source, publicly available code mm. for for our voting systems. Like, how could a private company control that? That's insane to me. I'm not. I'm not saying anything nefarious happened. I just don't know because right. it's private. Right. That's interesting. You guys just brought this up because I was actually just about to say it wasn't even for me. Some of the more, um, I don't know what words to use because I don't want to offend anybody. But like, you know, kind of more on the fringe theories about what went wrong in yeah. the election, the watermarks, the you know, and and some people really went pretty far with the dominion stuff uh, in my opinion that was never it for me you know i wasn't really subscribing to or or that to me was not like the the key thing to me it was the stuff like governors changing voting laws and manipulating the pandemic which is not the process you're you're supposed to go through to change voting laws it's supposed to go through the legislatures and then they had things like well we're going to extend you know people can mail them in and we're going to accept the mail-in until this date well they were counting ballots that came in three days or more after the the date and then a lot of people said they came in they didn't have signatures that's not okay the signatures didn't match or weren't recognizable that's not okay so my question was only 
how many of those ballots did you count that didn't have signatures or the signature signatures didn't match or they came in after the due date the, or uh, you know what this I mean? is this is the issue for me too right um we saw a lot of that i think the universal mail-in voting stuff gives a massive advantage to democrats we saw republicans in georgia and pennsylvania basically aligned with the democrat proposals on change to voter rules in in pennsylvania it was republicans who actually did a deal with democrats to create universal mail-in voting despite what the laws actually permitted in the constitution and so I think the issue is, those are really great points. I think we need to have a, an investigation, a conversation around that. Uh, the problem is the media will exploit the fringe of the conspiracies to discredit any legitimate questions around what, you know, concerns we have in the, in the election. Well, but, uh, you know, another question I have, too, is why don't we have a forensic audit of every election? I mean, mm-hmm. why does it have to and why why don't we all agree on the rules ahead of time, no matter what happens, and just say after this election is complete – the, this is the way in which it can be investigated so that both wow. sides feel satisfied. In 2016, they were claiming that Russia and Russians hacked mm-hmm. voting machines. Like, yeah. Seamus brought that up. Well, so, so I don't know of any specific, uh, media conglomerate that said that that was the case, but they were thrilled to be misunderstood as saying that every time they said the phrase Russian election interference or Russian interference. There are people who genuinely believe believe that they were, they were claiming fifty percent of Democrats right. polled believed that Russia and literally re- hacked our voting machines, and they repeatedly said that Trump was illegitimate and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and that was all allowed. And they spent tens of millions of dollars investigating this nonsense. Then when Trump comes out and says something like it's a big lie, and I'm like, dude, so was yours. If you want unity in this country, then how about we have the 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 Dominion probe, like the Mueller probe or whatever? Mm-hmm. But they won't do that. It's a double standard. And this is what's gutting the country and tearing it apart, is that if you have all of these Hillary voters who are freaking out and screaming, they got their probe. It jammed up Trump for two years. Then Trump comes out. He's angry. His supporters are all angry. And they say, nah, we're not going to return the favor. Well, that's how you you shred this country in half. So but, so let, let's, let's move on, though, because I want to ask you, uh, considering everything you've been through, do you want to give us a run through of where you've been, like what's been happening <laughs> since January 6th? Uh, to start from the beginning. Sure, absolutely. Um, just starting with January 6th forward? Well, yeah, like how did you come to, how did, uh, tell us what happened, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, after the election in 2020, um, I'd say somewhere around November 5th or 6th or 7th, in those early days afterwards, um, I was one of the people who decided to lend my voice. There were a number of conservative influencers who kind of decided to go to swing states around the country and basically throw rallies and you know first amendment protected events to keep to encourage people to basically like keep the energy up and say hey we want an audit we feel like something's wrong everybody i mean millions of people thought something was wrong and uh so i went to the state of michigan and I lent, I lended my voice to three rallies when I was there. And then I went to DC for a couple. And so I was very much involved in this, what ended up being called the stop the steal movement. And, uh, on January 6th, I got invited to speak in DC at the Capitol. Um, it was, I, there were graphics that were made for the speakers. I was one of probably a hundred people or more who had a graphic that, there was supposed to be an event at the Capitol. So th- it was always my understanding that President Trump was going to speak at the Ellipse, that there would be a march from the Ellipse to the Capitol, and that there was going to be a second event at the Capitol. Uh, I was told it was a permitted event, which I believe it was. There was a stage, etc. And uh, so on that day, everything sort of unfolded for me exactly as I was, I, w- I was told that it would. President Trump said, now we're all going to march peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol, and I'm going to join you there. 
So I started heading to the Capitol on the DC Metro to, for my speaking engagement. And, um, as I was arriving at my stop, I started getting some text messages on my phone from people who I, I'm friends with or work colleagues of mine who were at home throughout the country watching on television saying, you know, we're hearing on the news that people are going inside the building. And, I didn't know what that meant because I've attended dozens and dozens of right-wing rallies over the years, and that type of thing never happens with conservative people. I mean, mm-hmm. conservative people are very, very calm, peaceful. So to hear that, just it sounded strange to me. And honestly, the first image that it brought up in my mind was I thought to myself, when left-wing protesters like Alyssa Milano even and Amy Schumer for a number of different causes have gone inside of government buildings, have gone inside the Capitol and, you know, pounded on uh, Congress people's doors or made noise, gotten dragged out. You know, usually it lasts like six seconds and they get pulled out. And the other thing that I thought was that I, I was envisioning in my mind, like, maybe a dozen people, you know, when they're saying people are going inside, I thought like, Oh, you know, a few people went inside to be like, you know, we want an audit and they're going to get pulled out and whatever. So as I get to the stop, I get off and I'm heading toward the Capitol and I decided to start shooting a video. And again, I've done enough events to know that if you're in a large crowd of people, live streaming is just not even a possibility. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to record this into my camera roll on my phone. And then if I capture anything interesting, I'll cut it down and put it out on social media later. So I'm approaching the Capitol from the east side. This is the east side of the Capitol. This is the west side of the Capitol. This is a very important point to me that I make every time I do an interview because the conservative media has done a terrible job of covering this story. So most people, even people who are supportive of people who got arrested, don't understand this. When you've seen the footage on the news of... um windows being smashed and struggles with police officers and flashbangs and things like that. As far as I know, that happened exclusively in the crowd on the west side of the building. People were breaking windows and going inside. So I didn't witness any of that. None none of that. And in my video, which uh, everything I'm about to say, you can watch with your own eye. You don't have to take my word for it. Just my video tells the same story. I started shooting my video about three blocks away from the Capitol. And just took one long continuous video. As I'm entering the east side Capitol grounds, what you'll see in my video is that there are zero police officers. Not a couple, not a dozen, zero. Zero police officers. People are standing all over the grounds, calmly. People are walking their dogs. People are uh, carrying their babies. People are, everyone's calm. Everyone's just chit-chatting. And as I, there's, there are no barricades. Uh, there's a very, very large sidewalk on the east side. I mean, large enough that you could drive cars on it. And it's completely open. There's bike rack over on the left in the lawn and bike rack over on the right on the lawn. But the sidewalk is open. This is all in my video. I followed the sidewalk up to the Capitol where there were several thousand people standing around the steps. In my video, you see at the top of the steps a man motioning down to people below. And he's calling out, they've opened the doors. They're letting us in. We're going inside. We're going inside. I repeated what he said as I'm filming, and then I went to the top of the stairs, and when I got to the top of the stairs, sure enough, both doors were wide open, double doors, large metal double doors of the Capitol, wide open, and there's a crowd of several hundred people at the top of the stairs, uh, nobody's being violent, nobody's hurting any, each other or anybody, um, it was loud. It was a little bit loud, but, um, and there were people standing in front of me. You know, I was about 35 feet away from the open doors and a lot of people taller than me in front of me and people, a lot of people were carrying flags on poles that were hanging down. 
So what I did was, while my camera's filming this video, I hold my, I extended my arms fully above my head and pointed them down toward the door so that my camera could capture things that my eyes could not see. And I stood there for about eight minutes on the east side steps filming as some people were making their way into the east side doors, open doors. And some people, most people were just standing there, either filming or just kind of watching. And um, after about eight minutes, a man came outside of the Capitol. He got on a bullhorn. He shouted into the bullhorn, uh, they've cleared Congress. Everyone's left the building. Clear out, clear out. And at that moment, I immediately turned around. I told the people behind me, they're saying to clear out, go this way, go this way. You Were you in the building? I never went inside the building. I didn't get within 35 feet of going inside of the building. I mean, there were literally hundreds of people between me and the doors. And the crowd wasn't really moving. It wasn't a quickly, it wasn't a stampede. I mean, it was literally just like people kind of shoulder to shoulder, like, like going like this. And, um, so I left the Capitol grounds and I went back to my hotel room in DC and I took the video that I had just shot and I uploaded it to Twitter. It was, um, I think about eight and a half minutes long. And I, I don't remember what I said, but I think I said something along the lines of this is what I witnessed today at the Capitol. Now, at the same time that that was happening, I started to see this energy changing on Twitter where I was starting to see all these conservative talking heads expressing like, oh, my God, we're so ashamed of what happened at the Capitol today. We're so embarrassed. Oh, this is just the worst thing that's ever happened. And I thought that what I had witnessed with my own eyes and what I experienced, I thought that was it. I thought that was the Capitol breach. And I, I'm thinking to myself, you know, it might not have been like our finest moment, but I was like, you know, the doors were open and people were walking in and you know, I don't know, maybe they shouldn't have gone inside, but I'm, I'm thinking this is the most embarrassing thing that people have ever seen. And so I made a few comments, uh, you know, saying things like that I was not going to, um, uh, you know, to speak against the people at the Capitol like all the other conservative talking heads were. I said, these are people that are desperate to be heard. Nobody's listening to them, you know, and basically the, the comments that are making that I was making made it sound like I was in agreement with whatever had happened at the Capitol about an hour after I uploaded that video and had made a couple of comments, I turned on my TV and when I turned on my TV from my hotel room, that's when I started to see images of people smashing windows and struggling with police officers and stuff. And I, I was really shocked, really, really shocked. And I was just like, what is this? I couldn't even understand what the, I was watching footage of. And when they were saying this was what happened at the Capitol, I was thinking, wow, okay, something went down today that was very different than what I experienced. And I instantly knew that people were going to associate me with that if they saw my video or they saw my comments and that no one would be able to distinguish. And understandably, no one would be able to distinguish. I wasn't there. I was here. That was going on here. I was there, you know. So I took the video down. I took all my tweets down for the entire day, even the ones I put on before I went to the Capitol. I was just like, I don't know what happened. I have no clue what happened at the Capitol and how bad it was. So even the comments that I made, you know, at eight in the morning, I, I just don't want to be associated with whatever this is in any way, shape or form. So I deleted the video, took the tweets down and honest to God, believe that that was the end of it and flew home the next day. Um, and people started asking me right away, was I worried? Was I concerned? Because even though my video had only lived on Twitter for like an hour or two, it had already been copied by numerous Twitter trolls. So they were mass reposting my video and tagging the FBI and telling the FBI to come and get me. And it was just getting worse and worse and worse day after day. So 
uh, it wasn't, you know, going away. It was intensifying. And that was making me a little uncomfortable. And at that point, I thought, well, I'm, I'm probably going to get visited. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if they ask me some questions because this is just getting so, and at this point, they were starting to arrest people and the story was really picking up and it was picking up. But still, people were asking me on a daily basis, are you worried? And I was like, no. I was like, well, I, I didn't do anything. I have nothing to be worried about. And then, uh, two and a half weeks later on Monday, January 25th, um, I woke up to a team of FBI agents in tactical gear, uh, raiding my home at dawn. Uh, they got me out of bed, put me in handcuffs and presented me with a search warrant, uh, to take this, a, a team of agents began taking my computers, my iPad, my phones, uh, hard drives, thumb drives, camera equipment, uh, electronics while two or three other agents put me in handcuffs and told me that I was facing multiple felony charges for what I had done at the Capitol on January 6th. And I remember I said, felonies? I said, I didn't even commit any crimes. And the guy said, oh, I I saw your video. I saw what you did. And I started going, what the hell did I do? Like, I I mean, I literally, like, I, I just... For a moment, I was just like, did I, like, black out? Like, did I do something, like, egregiously violent and I don't remember it? Or, like, what's going on? So they took me to jail... Uh, they put me in a cell where I sat for two and a half days, uh, before, uh, in 23 hour day lockdown, before I finally had the opportunity to see a judge and the judge ordered my release. Um, when the judge ordered my release the next morning, I was able to speak with an attorney and that's when my attorney who became my attorney, uh, informed me that I was being charged with two felonies and a misdemeanor. So the first felony was knowingly occupying restricted grounds. And this word is very important to them in all of these J6 cases. Knowingly. Everyone knowingly was somewhere where they weren't supposed to be. And we chose to do it anyway. And so I guess by standing on the Capitol steps during a protest, I was in a restricted area. And I knowingly was in this restricted area. And they were charging me with a felony for that. And for the record, as far as I know... As far as I know, I am the only person who got charged with a felony for being in the restricted area. Even people who went inside the Capitol were getting misdemeanors for parading in a restricted area or occupying a restricted area. But I got a felony for being on the steps. Then they charged me with a misdemeanor of disorderly conduct with an intent to to disrupt a hearing before Congress. And the other charge was a felony of impeding an officer in the line of duty. And I said, what is this? And my, it, it was explained to me in your video that I'm shooting like this of doors that are 35 feet away from me with hundreds of people between me and my camera. There's a moment where one Capitol Police officer comes to the open doors, the door frame. And when he gets there, the per- somebody near him grabs his plastic shield out of his hand. And when he, when that happens, a number of voices, it, hundreds of people all around me, a, a couple of voices in the crowd, you hear one shouting, take the shield, take the shield. And someone else is shouting, take it, take it. Well, the FBI says, you're the person shouting, take the shield, take the shield. And, you know, you're this this influencer with a lot of uh, with a big following and people listen to you and you have this influence. So by you shouting, take the shield, take the shield. This is, a, you know, an egregious act of encouraging a crowd to impede an officer. And so they charged me with a felony. And um, 
so that began the process of what was a year long nightmare of trying to find some sort of resolution in this case. What ends up happening with the charges? Long story short, after a year, uh, I took a plea deal. Uh, in the plea deal, now you have to understand too that in addition to what I was already facing, they, the DOJ repeatedly, uh, messaged to my attorneys and to me that they had not yet charged me with felony obstruction of Congress and that this was a charge that carried 20 years. They said we could, uh, but we haven't, we've chosen at this point not to do that yet. So to me, it felt very clear that, uh, if I chose not to take the plea deal that they were offering, that I would be facing the two felonies that they were already charging me with and that they were going to add a third felony of obstruction of Congress, which carries 20 years. And, um, when we see the way that these DC, the people who are going to trial, when we see the way that they're going, uh, you know, people ask me all the time, do you feel like you made the right choice taking a plea deal? And I say, well, you have to understand the the question was never, how do I win and how do I lose? It was, how do I lose the least? This was an unwinnable situation. So how do I get out of this and lose the least? You know, there was one guy who got acquitted on trespassing charges. That's true. He did. He took a bench trial. Um, and the judge himself said, didn't know he was trespassing. Case dismissed. Right. Well, I, I think... And believe me, that sent me into a depression for a while and questioning again if I had made the right decision. But the different, the key differences in his case and mine is that if I, if, if I'm correct, I don't think he was facing any felonies. I think he was facing three or four misdemeanors. And it was a pretty clear cut case that he had not committed any violence, vandalism, theft or destruction. Same with me, but that he was accused of going inside, parading, uh, parading in a restricted area, all of these different things, and that he had a video that showed that there was a police officer who motioned him in. And at that point, the judge was like, well, this is, you can't charge him with thinking he's in a restricted area when he has this police officer motioned him in. I'm being accused of shouting, take the shield, take the shield, right. which I can't disprove that so, I did. simply put, the violence and all of the chaos from that day, you condemn. Oh, absolutely. I always have. Yeah. From the very beginning. So how did it work out then with the with the plea deal you took? What happened? So in the plea deal, they dropped the felony charges against me. They continued forward with the misdemeanor charge of disorderly conduct with an intent to disrupt Congress. However, as a, a piece of my plea deal, it included a document that they call the Statement of Offense. And in the Statement of Offense, um, I, I, it was a condition that I basically confess to all of the things that they had originally accused me of. So the statement of offense says, uh, I went onto the grounds knowing that the grounds were restricted. When I went onto the grounds, I saw the crowd struggling with police officers and I encouraged the crowd to struggle with police officers. I saw a, an officer having a shield ripped away and I shouted, uh, take it, take it. They changed it, uh, from take the shield to take it, take it. Uh, to encourage the crowd to take the shield. And I told my attorney, I was like, I cannot sign this. I, abs I will not sign this. And so my attorney went back to them and said, he, he opposes this. And they said, well, then he can go to trial if he has a problem with this, this document. So my option was take the deal as written or go to trial. And I took the deal. So what? So either, either lie or face a very serious. I'm um, not saying yeah. that. Oh, okay. okay so, okay. uh, what, how did, how did the sentencing go? What happens next? Do you go to the judge? So I pled guilty to the misdemeanor. Um, my sentence, so they continued my case five times over the course of a year, which was uh, devastating and excruciating. 
Um, by the time we finally got to sentencing, which was in almost an entire year, I was arrested on January 25th and I was sentenced on January 24th of the following year. And, um, now you have to understand I have no criminal record. This is, uh, a class B misdemeanor charge, which my lawyer said, you know, this is akin to playing your music too loud, a class B <laughs> misdemeanor. Yeah. And, um, and the judge. Real, real quick, driving on a suspended license is a class A. Okay. It's like a, it's a harsher offense. You get to a year in jail for that. Right. Okay. So class B misdemeanor, which the judge herself referred to as a petty offense. I mean, it's classified as a petty offense. And I got sentenced to three months of house arrest, three years of probation, 60 hours of community service, the maximum fine of $5,000. I was ordered to pay $500 restitution to the Capitol, although it was acknowledged that I didn't engage in any violence or vandalism or destruction to the Capitol in any way, shape, or form, and uh, ordered to to engage in court-ordered mental health services. So I had to go to a therapist, court-ordered therapist. And, um, and the government, the prosecution actually asked for during my sentencing the right to, so I'm on, so I've already been sentenced to three years of probation and the, and the prosecution asked for the right to, as a condition of my three years of probation, that they have the right to surveil my phone, my computer, my email accounts, my bank accounts, and my social media accounts for the three years that I was on probation. But the judge did not grant them that. But they wow. wanted it. They wanted it. So we're already so, doing that. What, yeah. Right, right, right. The judge was like, you don't need it. Uh, what is probation? What does that look like? What does that mean? Well, you know, at this point, I'll say that I'm fortunate because I have a a good probation officer and i think i i don't want she's never said anything to me to indicate how she feels about my case but based off of the way she interacts with me um i get the indication that she sees the case for what it is and feels like she has better things to do with her time than be managing me on a constant basis but what does that what does it mean for you like when you wake up you got to call them or uh, How no. strict is it? You want to go buy groceries? They're like, you can't have milk. You're gaining weight or something like that. <laughs> no, I mean, Luca, by the way, house. Thank you, thank you. House arrest was like that. Um, I was quite literally not allowed to leave my house for three months unless I was doing community service, which was restricted. I mean, it's sixty hours, so I, I uh, the option to leave my house for sixty hours to do community service. They give you an ankle monitor. I was. I had an ankle monitor um, during that three months. And um, she would make routine visits to my house, and I did occasionally have to leave and do a urinalysis and things like that. Mm. Um, uh, probation, now that I'm off house arrest, probation is has not so far been particularly strict. Uh, she's gone above and beyond to make sure that I have the right and ability to travel as needed. She's not trying to restrict restrict me from being able to move around and do the work that I need to do. Uh, in fact, the only real inhibitions that I might ever face is so, uh, coming here to do this show or anywhere else I might need to go. Uh, let's just use as an example the state of California. If I need to travel to the state of California for any business or, <laughs> okay, uh, I'm Texas. My head. No, no, How about no. Texas? Texas? Pleasure. Right, you can say it. All right. <laughs> if I need to travel to the state of Texas for any reason, she has to, um, contact the district in Texas that I'm traveling to, their probation office, and then they have to, well, what's the purpose of his travel? What's he doing? Where Where is he staying? What's his flight number? Is he renting a car? What's the rental car information? So they have to gather all this information, and then they make a determination about if they have any issue with me traveling there or not. So it could technically happen, but so far has not happened yet. And I've traveled to 
a number of blue districts where so far no one has caused an issue. And in fact, I'll be going to Washington, D.C. How do you uh, feel soon. about the uh, the response from independent conservative media starting with everything that happened? Do you feel that your story was accurately represented? That would imply that there was any. So, <laughs> um, no, it's been terrible. I mean, it's been terrible. I've pushed really, really, really hard to get my story out. And I've gotten to the point where... I've been successful and you know, I was interviewed by Mark Levin on Levin TV. Uh, I just sat down with Tucker Carlson two weeks ago on Fox Nation. So we sat down for an hour, uh, and that's on Fox Nation. Uh, but these have all been the result of me pushing really hard for them to tell my story. Uh, very few people have come to me and been like, this story needs to get out. Uh, the people need to know what I, happened. I think it's more of like a snowball rolling down a hill, you know? I, I, I hadn't heard much about the story at all. Yeah. And then uh, we, we're hearing it now. I'm sure a lot of people are going to hear it and a lot of people are going to want to know more and there's probably a bunch of questions we'll have. I think I think more conversations will happen. Well, I'm incredibly grateful to you and thank you for having me on. To, no, because honestly, uh, as far as the internet goes, this is certainly the biggest exposure that I've had in terms well, of a you. podcast. No, I mean that. And and I, I mean, honestly, if there are people... Out, I mean, look, if you, if you started a podcast yesterday and you have 13... Don't reach out to me. Please, but, <laughs> like, don't. But I mean, for anybody out there who is a podcaster with a significant audience, I'm happy I mean, to come on and talk. We we booked you the same as we would we booked anybody else, like normal. You know what I mean? It wasn't there was no politics, no or debate. Yeah, Brandon, no, I was just like, hey, right. Brandon, wants I was like, oh, cool. What yeah. um, what would you do different if there was like another, or what advice would you give if people wanted to protest legally at the Capitol and there was something akin to what happened? How would you have done it? How would you do it differently? And how would you advise people to go about that situation and not get into trouble? but still get the point across? Such a great question. So I, I think probably the biggest lesson I learned from this was two things. Number one, we do absolutely exist in a two-tiered system of justice. So if you are a conservative, you're under much more scrutiny than perhaps if you support the Black Lives Matter movement or if you're a member of Antifa or a number of left-wing protesters who do this kind of thing all the time, like Jane Fonda, who stood exactly where I stood five Fridays in a row uh, uh, protesting climate change and was arrested five Fridays in a row and had her charges dropped for all five times that she was arrested. So there is a two-tiered system of justice. So you need to be aware that if trouble breaks out, get the hell out of there as fast as you can because you can find yourself ensnared in something unwittingly uh, and you they're not going to let you off. You're, you're, I mean, their favorite thing in the world is to put out a, a headline that says, you know, Trump rioter, Dot, 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 dot. And you could be a 67-year-old woman with no criminal record. You could be 73 years old. They don't care. It's As long as they get the Trump rioter headline, that's all that's important. The second thing I would say is be really, really aware that there could be a lot more going on than what you're witnessing with your own eyes. I mean, that to me personally is probably the biggest lesson. I didn't stop to consider that this is a four-sided building with people on all four sides and that there could be something much larger going on on any of these sides than what I was witnessing with my own eyes. It's almost like the jurisdiction is so big it should be quadranted off so that you would only charge people in certain quadrants with activity within that quadrant. That would be fair. Like that's like a city block. You don't arrest a guy on the left side of the, in the west side of the city block as what somebody on the east side did. That would be fair. Uh, and and that's, again, to me, one of the biggest fail- failures from the conservative media of not even make Like I have made that point to people like Tucker Carlson. I'm brilliant people. Mark Levin, Tucker Carlson. Almost everyone I talk to says, wow, I didn't even think of that. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, there were 
any you could be arrested on January 6th for being on Capitol grounds and throwing a gum wrapper on the ground and you know get a littering charge but you're still going to be listed MAGA rioter arrested on January 6th because you happen to be anywhere in the vicinity of that building and got arrested I mean I honestly do believe that what happened to me is absurd but if you know if they had come to me and said Look, you're a big influencer. You've got a large audience. We're charging you with a misdemeanor of disorderly conduct. I would have been like, okay, I I mean, if you really feel like you need to do this, fine. But the idea that I was at one point possibly facing three felony charges for eight minutes that I stood outside of the Capitol holding a camera in my hands, they acknowledged there was never one moment where anyone said, we think you might have been violent. We think you might have been uh, van- uh, vandalizing. We think you might have been destroying property. They said from the beginning, we know you didn't do any of those things. But we do think that uh, they they said that they thought that that was my voice. I, I don't believe that they thought that. But they said that they thought that that was my voice. And um, that was the harshest thing. I mean, that was the biggest thing that I was accused of, was saying the words, take it, take it. And... Um, I ended up at one point almost facing three felony charges of that because on the other side of the building, crazy things were happening. They wanted to make an example, I suppose. Well, they weren't even – that wasn't even a secret. Yeah. In the 30-page sentencing recommendation that they wrote on my misdemeanor charge, wow. they said numerous times – you should read it. Oh, man. Uh, you want to something funny? What? I got charged with a class – I brought up the suspended license thing because I've been charged with a class A misdemeanor once. You yeah. know what my penalty was? What? It was, I think, a $150 fine. That's it. Well, good for you. And they said – and they said <laughs> My that, fine's uh, bigger than your fine. <laughs> well, no, no. My point is the absurdity of what you went through on a class B disorderly conduct. Yeah. So uh, when I was – I think I told the story before. I was uh, – I think I was 19 or 20. I didn't know that if you got two speeding tickets, they suspended your license. And I didn't – what I did, I was going to fight one of them because it was bunk. It was a bad ticket, but I was like, it's easier just to pay it. And I asked a family member just to, to cover it for me instead of having to deal with going to court. I didn't realize that was an admission of guilt. I was like 19. And so then I'm driving back from Colorado. I get pulled over. The cop says, you're under arrest, suspended license. And I was like, what? I was like, I was in Colorado. I just got back. I had no idea. And they were like, tell to a judge. So I got eye bonded. They didn't even arrest me. They take me out of the car. They say, you've been formally arrested. Here's your ticket. Here's your court date. That's it. I went to court. Prosecutor said class A misdemeanor, one year in jail, $2,500 fine, maximum penalty. If you plead guilty, 150 bucks. And I was like, okay. So that's it. And it's a longer, the longer story is like, I told the judge I was being coerced because they were threatening me with a year in jail. And he told me to get a lawyer, talk to a lawyer. Ultimately, I said, I guess I'll plead guilty. And they said, 150 bucks, you can pay it right now and you're done. And this is off your record. And I was like, wow, for a class A misdemeanor. Tim's like, I could make way more than that in the year that I would be in prison. (laughs) Right. But the, 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 the reality was exactly. a year in jail was never on the table. No judge or jury would sentence someone to that, right? They always try to scare you with the maximum. But a 30-page sentencing recommendation on a Class B misdemeanor? Oh, yeah. Something yeah. doesn't add up. No, no, no. And, you know, they went through my social media. I was actually going to bring this up earlier when you were talking about people uh, taking your, your video clip out of context where you were talking about the, the weapons and stuff. Nukes. I mean, imagine if it wasn't left-wing trolls, but the Department of Justice that's doing that to you, because that's literally in my 30-page sentencing recommendation. And again, people can look this up for themselves. It's all over online. They, a number of times, they went through my tweets and things like that, and they would take words 
out of different tweets and string a sentence together. <laughs> like, I'm not making this up. It's in there. Like, one of the sentences in my sentencing recommendation, because they wanted me in prison, by the way. They wanted prison time for my eight minutes outside of the Capitol holding a camera. And one of the things that they said was, you know, if you look at Mr. Strzok's Twitter, he tells the patriots that we are in a civil war and that we've got to fight back if we don't want to i mean literally these are all from different tweets and they strung together a sense yeah. the washington post look it up the washington post did a story saying maga influencer was calling for a civil war about me it's a story about me calling for a civil war i'm like i was on the steps with my camera you know, but that's what that's what they this is. To these Trump. are, these are saw, press releases. You saw what they did with Trump. He retruth someone who said civil war, and they were like, "Trump calls for a civil war." Yeah, that's right. Trump, it was no. probably me. No. Washington <laughs> Post. It says January sixth in Florida. Oh, they changed the sub the title. First, originally said Brandon Strzok, Stuart Rhodes, both call for civil war. Quote, and then they would go to the website. They change it. Jan six influencers call for civil oh, well, war. That's better. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Realize here's no news, defamation now. Here's, here's the new story. Donald Trump retruthed someone who said the word civil war. That's the story. That's hey, it. Yeah. If you didn't say what you, civ- what you can infer from that is if you didn't call for civil war, is this a defamation case? The Washington Post claiming so you did. The tweet that I put out that they got that from was me saying, "Make your peace right now with the fact that we're in a civil war." I said we didn't want it and we didn't call for it, but they've started it. Something. Now I want to even clarify that statement. When we talk about a modern civil war, we're not talking about people grabbing their muskets and going out and like, you know, going to the battlefield or something. I'm talking about being uh, banned from like I have been banned from using PayPal, Venmo, Stripe. I'm not allowed to send funds back and forth. People are literally having their bank accounts shut down. That's what a modern civil war looks like. It looks like when people have a political ideology and they control all the technology and they're preventing people from being able to exist in the digital space. That to me is what a modern civil war looks like. Let's go to one more. Well, it's, I kind of wanted to ask you something. Oh yeah. Ask away. Is that okay? So when I got out of jail, um, I was having a really hard time, you know, and, and everyone was advising me, don't, don't open the news. Don't Google yourself and don't open your social media, which I held out for about two weeks, um, before it was just like nagging at me. And I was like, what are they saying? What are they saying? So one of the first things that I saw was a piece you did while I was still in jail. And basically in that, you were reading through the story of my arrest document and what I was being accused of and things like that. And if I recall correctly, and I think I do, you were basically being objective and kind of neutral and saying like, well, wow, if he did this, then, you know, and I think you were feeling a certain kind of way about it. Do you feel in retrospect like you didn't understand what they were doing with January. Like, did you think it was possible that I would like go to the Capitol and try to be like, let's F up some police officers today. And let's, but but, yeah, I mean, it's like what you said, when you've got a video showing all people doing these things. And then there was a video that you were posting showing you on the Capitol grounds, right? We, I'm not, I'm not omniscient. I know. I I just, I just, and I'm not mad at you. Right. I assume like you're up there with everybody yelling these things or whatever. You know what I mean? You that's thought I got reasons. carried away or that. Yeah. I mean, I thought a lot of it was I've, I've long maintained like they opened the door for, doors for people. They fan people in. They were the cops are taking selfies with people and some people were fighting and we saw, you know, everything like Richie McGinnis captured. So I certainly didn't think you like ripped your shirt off and were swinging or anything like that. <laughs> but the idea that you could have been with a crowd of people and you were filming and or yelling something, I was like, 
I mean, it's it's plausible. Sure, and uh, I guess to that point too, this is uh, the reason why I brought this up earlier, and I didn't really clarify this. When I made the comment about not being able to live stream and therefore recording a video to my camera roll, the reason why, in my opinion, that's relevant is I made a conscious decision to go back to my hotel and upload my video to Twitter. I wasn't streaming live and something broke out and I got caught up in the moment. And then I was like, oh, God, I just did that on camera in front of my followers. And like I made a decision later to upload my video to Twitter to my conservative law and order pro police base on Twitter who would hate seeing me encouraging an attack on a police officer. Now, to be clear, I've already pled guilty to this misdemeanor and I've already confessed to the accusation against me. I'm just saying, I think a reasonable reasonable person should ask themselves, why would I do that? Why would I, even if I got carried away in the moment and decided to jump in with what the audience was doing, make a decision later to show my audience that who would hate it? We gotta go to super chats. Okay, I gotta but, ask, I, but we, we gotta go. To, we're, we're ten minutes yeah, behind. Yeah, yeah. But, I'll uh, ask you after the show. I, I will say one thing. Show. Uh, you know, we often point out the media lies, but I also often point out that we do our. We, we still use a lot of these same sources, and we we do our best to try and verify a lot of it. If what I was reading was was untrue, and it appears that it was, I am sincerely sorry if I presented any false narrative about what actually happened with you based on um, my, my inaccurate assessments. Well, I do not accept your apology. <laughs> well, that's okay. So, All right. Time to rip the shirts off. <laughs> and I'm done with you. Yeah, right. Fight. Uh, I, I, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It is. It's, uh, you know, like I said, I'm like reading court documents and I'm like, wow, you know, like if that's, if that's true. It I try to be skeptical so of a lot of things. Weird, but dude. To be clear, I was never upset with you about it. And I, I really did feel like you were doing your job. I, uh, it, it, the only part that sucked was being in, I mean, immediately you have to, I got out of jail and the very next morning I saw my attorney and my attorney said, do not go, don't, don't post, don't make a statement, don't say any, he said, I don't care. And that was part of the reason why they said, don't read the news and don't open your social media because he knew I would be reactionary. And he was like, just avoid it because you cannot respond. So when I'm seeing like people like you, you know, who are just kind of like, wow, I, you know, if he, if he did this and I'm going, but I didn't, but I didn't, you know, <laughs> and yeah, let's, uh, let's go to super chats because we're a little behind and we got to, we got to see a lot of people have questions. If you haven't already, uh, please smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show. If you're a big fan, uh, head over to timcast.com. We're gonna have a members only show coming up at about 11 p.m. <clears throat> Let's read some more. We got here. The one free man says, if they were trying to avoid a civil war conflict, someone would be thrown under the bus for this. At this point, they're flaunting. They cannot be touched. They know the people are getting pushed to the breaking point. And that's reference to Sussman, I believe. These are, so these are the super chats from earlier in the yeah. show. So, yeah. Reggie, 1971, says a Russia, Russia gate reporter winning a Pulitzer was like Millie Vanilli winning a Grammy. Beautiful. Tom Bamore says, Brandon, pleading was a mistake. People who take it the easy way out are the exact reason why the government thinks that they can get away with behavior like they displayed at Ruby Ridge. Well, Tom, maybe the FBI will come to your house at some point and you'll find yourselves in the position, yourself in the position I was in and you can show us how it's done. This is, uh, it's tough, man. Uh, I don't know how I would respond in a situation like you are in. You know, uh, I was, there's a story I've told about when I was facing like a disorderly conduct charge. This was like, they, they told me it was 20 hours community service at my own discretion. And I, I demanded a jury trial. 
and they ultimately dismissed the charge because of it. Very different from the FBI. January 6th. Right, this is January 6th. I would 100% be found guilty. In, uh, 100%. And feds have like, what is like a 99% conviction rate? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not like state level stuff. Right. So it's, it's, my, my point ultimately is like, it's easy to, to, for a lot of people to say, you know, I would go for it. I typically say stuff like this, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't know where to begin something like this. When you've got the weight of the federal government, Yes. And you see what's going on around this. You see, like, look at what's going on with Sussman and all this stuff. Yeah, and they're telling people they're going to add additional charges. They're going to add terrorism enhancements. And you've got polls coming out saying that 67% of potential jurors believe that every January 6th person is guilty. Like, they won't release jurisdiction. They're, no, these all these trials have to happen in D.C. with a D.C. judge and a D.C. jury. No. I will say, though, um, knowing the bias, you see what happened with the January 20th Antifa? J-17, I'm sorry, J-20th, the 2017 rioters, the city of D.C. actually paid them. Why? They, the police, because they were all wearing black lock, couldn't figure out who did what, so they charged them with conspiracy, lost, and then a lawsuit was filed and the city was forced to pay out millions of dollars. Oh. And they went around smashing windows, starting fires, burnt, they, they torched a limousine. It was, it was nuts. I was there when they were, the police were fighting, there were flashbangs all over the place. I'm pretty sure Luke was there as well. But it was mostly peaceful fires. Mostly. Yep. Mostly, yeah. I actually got arrested that day, um, but I was not processed. I was cut loose when I, you know, I waved over to a... When he's just bragging at this point about all the yeah. times he's gotten Congratulations, off. guys. Nothing ever sticks to me. Yeah, yeah nothing you, sticks. Tim you know, Paul. I made a call to Bill. I was like, Billy, what's up, Mr. Gates? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm being arrested. You call him? Awesome. And then Epstein was there, and they were like, you're, you're part of the <laughs> cabal. Santa Claus. I and Santa Claus. So clearly. Hillary Clinton gave me a hug, and she's like, I'm so sorry that happened to you. <laughs> no, this was um, – I stood next to some journalist and kept my mouth shut. And then when the, when the news organization called it in, I waved to the cop, and he's like, where's your press pass? And I showed him. He's like, get out of here. So I was in that group of, of the people who got uh, uh, arrested. And uh, I'd like to say thank you to these Antifa people because I was pepper sprayed and they gave me the uh, milk of magnesia or whatever stuff, Maalox. So like my neck was sprayed directly and it was burning. And they have Maalox. What is that stuff? That's for heartburn. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think right. that's it. But, yeah, like no, that's what they spray for pepper spray. Oh, interesting. Not milk of magnesia. Oh. Yeah, and so they, they were like, I was like, dude, it. When you get a direct blast of pepper spray right on your neck, and I'm just like, I can't get it off. And so they sprayed it. Oh, man. That's a capsaicin. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shout pepper, out. Yeah. All right. I, Kefka says, Seamus says he will love you forever. Who is you? It's a good question. So if you go over to freedomtunes.com to the members <laughs> section, uh-huh. you give $5 a month. It says, it says as one of the tiers, I will, you know, I will love you forever if you give he five bucks a month. And it Sh- says, and I follow through, I will love you. That's right. He's the real deal. That's right. Thank you, Ian. That's that, but that is actually what they're referencing. That was that was not just a, you know, in my usual style, a shameless plug. That is uh, what it says in the five dollar a month subscription. Joseph Garcia option. says Trump lost because Tim voted for him. Oh, what does that mean? I don't know. You jinxed it. Yeah. Do you think that's real jinxing? Jinxing. No one I've ever voted for has ever won. So hmm. yes. <laughs> Philip Reed says, "Hey Tim, I used to have some hope that police were good." Until I saw the body cam footage from the George Floyd riots where the police went around in unmarked vans shooting at people with 40 millimeter rubber bullets and laughing while making jokes. Wow. I don't remember that one. Do you guys remember that one? Negative. That's crazy sound. Is that real? I don't know. What is, what is this? <laughs> oh, of course. You don't got to ask. Well. Brandon's like, can I, can I promote stuff? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Oh. Yeah. He's yeah, been very polite. Very polite. We'll, just, we'll read Super Chats and then so before we wrap, polite. we'll do. Uh, the, yeah. Perfect. 
here's me shamelessly plugging my website. Yeah, he's like, hold on, that's what reminded me. Please, sir, please, sir, may I promote something? Jason Lindholm says gas price in Far West Burbs, Aurora, Illinois, and West is five fifty-five. Yeah, I just paid five fifty today on the way back from Ohio. It was crazy time. Crazy. Did it feel like Joe Biden was sucking my soul out of my body? Is what I felt. While you're, I'm going to put this in the minds of everybody so you can never escape. I'm taking my headphones off. While you're pumping gas every time. As okay, you pump, to to Joe Biden's hands go up on That's your shoulders, like. <laughs> and he crawls yeah. up behind you and I'm just pumping away. That's <laughs> yeah, gross. No. And while you're pumping, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> "Let me let go." Let I love that. The gas, Remember man? the Kyle Rittenhouse meme where he's holding the gas pump yes. and crying, and then the gas started dripping down the, the <laughs> sidewalk towards my foot. And I was like, "Oh, oh no, no, really no, no!" If you've ever seen like a bartender pour like an expensive shot. They have like an eyedropper and they're like very careful. Like they'll, they'll make sure the drips go back in because it's expensive. That's what it's like with gas now. It is. Yeah, it's like a much. drop goes, hits the ground and you're like, no. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was trying to catch, catch it catch when it. you pull it out. You yeah. try to swirl it around so it doesn't drip on the yeah. ground. Yeah. It's no good. Michael McCord says, couple Tim's sarcastic gas price rant with Ian's stoplight Tesla convo idea. Make the gray Poupon commercial. <laughs> what? Stoplight Tesla. I got that part. What was the first one that you want to mix together? My my fake rant about gas prices. <laughs> That's great, dude. Satanic Muffin says, bring on Malice or expose my phallus. Uh, Michael wow. Malice has an open invitation. Please Come on the show whenever that. he wants. Holy but crap. he's got his own show. And so, you know, just yell at him until he comes Mr. on the show. Malice will be back. He will return in the sequel. The great malicious return. Waffle Sensei says, I voted for Biden in the Democratic primaries because I thought Biden was the weakest of all the candidates and easiest for Trump to beat. Oof. Obviously, the joke is on me now, but the parties do vote in each other's primaries. Fair point, fair point. Glenn Wellen says, great show, Tim. My guess is the Democrats flipping just to sabotage is actually just them trying to justify the clear Republican advantage in the votes. Hmm. Right, that's what I was thinking. Maybe. I also wonder if people are like, I'm I'm voting Republican because I, I met at Trump. That explains it. And they're secretly like, I, I hope Trump wins, you know. Oh, the Republicans take this one. Melissa Wood says, GA voter here. I have never voted in a primary until May 24th for Kemp. It's a far more complex issue than Trump. We've had experience with Kemp and Purdue. Trump has more poll with unknown candidates, i.e. J.D. Vance. Hmm. Interesting. B.I. says, Tim, I love the American flag behind the Irish guy. Do you have a merch store? I'd buy it. The flag is the flag, not the Irish guy. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to buy the Unbelievable. Irish guy. Unbelievable. I'm, I'm also an Irish guy. Oh, oh nice. We were, Me too. We're, we're talking about doing. Uh, yeah. Ah. We're talking about doing woke commercials for Timcast IRL. And like when we mention our diversity, we point to Seamus as our minority. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for growing the beard. Like I'm a woman, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> Neil Williams says, I only became more conservative because of COVID. I don't like the, f- I don't like fear being the reason for losing our rights. Remember 9-11. Because of fear, we got the Patriot Act. Keep calm and carry on, in my opinion. I remember point. it every day. Thank you. Yeah. Ah, man, that Patriot Act. That 9-11, the response to 9-11 was ex- so extreme. Oh, just to live through that, man. Wow. I never want to live through something like that again. And I was so stupid. I was one of those stupid liberals back then. I was like, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, why do you care if the government's watching you? Like, <laughs> how did that? Break. Yeah. 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 Um, Moxie Marlin Spike. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. He made a really great point. I interviewed him once. He, I think he created Signal. Was it Signal? Oh, yeah, I think so. I love that app. Uh, and everybody uses Signal. So this is the guy who made it. Best he app. He said the easiest, the, the simple thing. If... why the government shouldn't spy on you. He says, we are seeing marijuana legalization across this country. But it was illegal across this country. How did people know they wanted it to be legal? They were doing it. 
if the government can spy on everything you do, there's never an opportunity for society to reflect and change its mind because no one can engage with things that are illegal lest you go to jail. That's an interesting point. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. All right. Mo Ma says, Dr. Carolyn Carlin stood up for you that whole time. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Nice work. Jeremy uh, Abramson says, hey, Brandon, from a member of the fundamentalist religious right, you have fantastic eyebrows. Oh. Well, thank you. There's actually a Twitter account dedicated to my eyebrows. Oh, my. <laughs> What's the name of that account? Ride. It's Brandon Strzok's Eyebrows. That's wow. great. That's a real Pamela, Twitter account. Pamela White says, Jan 6 congressional hearings will be the tipping point for Midwest Americans, truth be told. Mm. You know, that's a great point, too. This is a good one. Tom Peeney says, Brandon's story reminds me of the stories in the Gulag Archipelago. Archipelago. Mm-hmm. They would make people sign ridiculous documents for crimes they didn't even commit and yeah. still torture them and send them to the Gulag. Scary. We got Viva Fry in the chat. Woo! Is it Fry or is it Frey? Hello, Fry. Frey. Frey. Fry. I think it's Fry. Frey hate. Fry. <laughs> Viva says it's not just the excessive sentence and fines. Imagine the excessive costs of enforcing these idiotic sanctions. The parole officer, the court costs, state-funded persecution. Yeah, and time. Time is valuable. Yeah. That's right. Australians versus the agenda says I got thrown in jail for three months in Australia. Five months parole for organizing a protest. Taken to a super max jail, given six charges, nobody got sanctioned worse. Google Anthony Kalouf. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Soleil Cucumber Lime says Democrat orthodoxy is based on humiliation. It's a communist propaganda technique. I'm a registered D. Will never vote for these people ever again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I won't. I won't. There's nothing they could do. And they're, they're like, we need a moderate, you know, Democrat. And they talk about Beto. And I'm like, get, get out of here with these authoritarian crackpots. Beto O'Rourke was like, heck, yeah, we're taking your guns. Yeah. Or you're taking your AR-15. Now he's like, I don't want to take anything from anybody. Shut up. Duplicitous. A bunch of kids died. He saw it as an opportunity to grandstand. Yeah, yep. good for him. Touchy subject says, Tim is right. There is no pedo cabal. And we will, uh, Hillary Clinton, anybody who says otherwise, just ask Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell right. and Jimmy Seville. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me uh, clarify uh, yeah, Epstein was real. Everybody, we know that. Ghislaine Maxwell was convicted, but uh, her customers, where are they? No crime. Mm-hmm. And uh, my point was more specifically about the actual political class. I don't know the extent to which Epstein you know, reached. We know about the plane. We know about the little black book. We know about the people who are going to that island. A lot of questions that need to be answered. Joe Biden literally sniffs kids. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Weird. I, 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 my, my point is, guys, we know the Epstein stuff is legit. But as bad as it is, it was literally powerful elites getting on a plane and flying to an island, right? Creepy stuff. Also, the FBI swarmed the island, and uh, ostensibly there was some evidence there of some people's wrongdoing, and yet no one was uh, charged with anything. Not OP. Yeah. Interesting. I always make a joke about Luca going to the island. Yeah. <laughs> but Luke's not here, so I was like, I can't really make that joke. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> so. Did. Luke Rudkowski, after the raid, he went and he filmed and documented parts of the island. So I always tell people, like, Luke's been Epstein Island. <laughs> and they go, whoa, whoa. He's like, whoa, 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 not like that. <laughs> not like Apparently. that, not like that. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. A. Murray says, Tim, Armalite needs a rebranding. Also considering the Fed is likely listening because of brand and dangerous criminal. Abolish the government. <laughs> black flag. I love how, like, when you see a black flag on Twitter, you don't know if it's a good black flag or a bad black flag. Because the woke authoritarians use a black flag, too, because they don't know what anarchy means, I guess. Yeah, I guess not. And they just, like... But then, you'll like, I'll, I periodically see people with black flags, and, like, we're in total agreement, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's, it's one of the good anarchists. 
It's kind of like the LGBT flag, too, (laughs) quite honestly. When I see it, I just automatically assume it's like a lunatic. And then every (laughs) once in a while, they're like, no, I'm a gay Trump supporter, too. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> Take the stupid rainbow down. Yeah, it's misleading. <laughs> I think I think Christians need to bring the rainbow back. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I saw a few rainbows, man. Stolen. No, it's true. It was Christian nationalists. Flood the world. Yeah. Why don't we put a rainbow flag behind you? You know, I think it might send a different message than I would be intending to send with it. If it was like an so actual what? full-fledged rainbow, maybe we do got to take it back. Was yeah. that a Christian maybe thing? That's the only option. Yes. Yeah. yeah um, and also a, a Jewish thing, right? The flood, God sent a rainbow to promise he wouldn't flood the world again. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take it back. I saw this okay. rainbow when I was driving across it. the country, and then all of a sudden it appeared into a huge rainbow. I saw like a bit of it. I thought it was the whole rainbow, and then all of a sudden I could see the whole rainbow. Yeah, I can see full circle rainbow sometimes. All right, Whoa. let's read some more. Cool. The last says, Strzok did the right thing. Mm-hmm. D.C. juries or judges could have given him 20 years for doing nothing but supporting Trump. Mm-hmm. I will, I will, Thank you. I will say, too, as well, considering what we're seeing with the, 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 the Clinton, Russiagate stuff, and how these people walk, these are D.C. jurors. Oh, it's all swamp. It's all swamp. Don't you also and have to hire a D.C. lawyer? Nick Searcy was talking about that when he was here. No, my, my lawyer was not a D.C. Oh, okay, lawyer. Okay. But I will tell you. Well, thank you for correcting that then. I yeah, no worries. That. But I will tell you that although they do. And it's possible that Nick Searcy did not say that. I don't want to put that on him either. I could have misremembered. There is some sort of certification that you have to have to be able to oh, practice right. like in that yeah. jurisdiction. And mm-hmm. my lawyer who was a Nebraska lawyer was certified to do that okay. the, the one thing i was going to say really quickly is that at almost every lawyer who's making their way through these cases uh including mine who had decades of federal trial experience they've never seen anything like this i mean all of them are coming out of this and being like what just happened because they've never seen a doj so weaponized before we are we are in a political civil war yeah oh well you said it not me oh yeah, yeah no of course i, I mean i say all civil war all the time but what I'm saying is, right now when we talk about civil war, when I do at least, I won't speak for anybody else, I mean like a broad big picture of an era of conflict which will culminate in some kind of dramatic moment. I don't know exactly what will happen. Uh, we can we can take, we had Stephen Marsh on the show who wrote the book The Next Civil War, and he says civil strife, which is the precursor to civil war, when you have, I think, what did he say, 70 people per year dying for political reasons? When I say political civil war, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, Democrats, impeachment, all of that stuff, they're using the weight of the legal system, lawfare and law enforcement, to go after their opponents. It's kind of like they've always been doing it, but there was a curtain up, and no. now we pulled the curtain back and we're getting the residual like uh, blast effect of it. No, no, bro, bro. I disagree, man. I mean, there was dirty politics for sure, and they probably went to lesser-known candidates who had a chance of winning, like Bernie, and been like, don't play with us, we're the establishment. This is different. If Donald Trump wins in 2024, I really think he's gonna, it's gonna be like Super Saiyan 3 Goku. That the wavy hair is gonna extend really long. He's gonna rip his shirt off and be super ripped and floating with energy protruding from Just his go nuclear. Yeah. He's gonna fire everybody. He's gonna, he's gonna send the DOJ at tons of people. I think. The God, 20- I hope so. But imagine what they're going to do in response to that. They know that if Donald Trump wins again, that it is lights out. It is the, 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 the system will, will, will be stripped of its power. The establishment will be gutted. God, that sounds great. That's why I'm like, <laughs> look, I was saying, I was on the Daily Wire last month and I was like, I think DeSantis would be better at this point than Trump. But I'm also wondering if, if DeSantis is going to try and play nice. If he's going to be like, I'm going to do what the people want, but I'm not going to do that. Trump's going to be like, I am going to politically <laughs> strip this system. 
Yeah, no. I, I just looked at Seamus. I'm waiting for him to take over. Like, <laughs> Quite frankly, okay, like I thought about I, I went in there. I said, you're fired. Okay, and that's it. You're gone. No, no severance package. You're just gone. Yes. You belo- yeah, I wonder. Uh, I, I do wonder what happens if he does get back into office. I well, really. I, I would like to help provide some resistance for him to knock his head against, metaphorically, to learn, but like just think outside the box. Because if it's political infighting, we're done, man. Maybe not done, but it's going to be a lot of conflict. If we go at each other politically, but if we create cool technologies and we focus people's energy on it, Bro, I think we'll be okay. I wish it was easy. I wish we could say that if we all just chilled out and worked with each other, it would all be over. But I think the reality is that if we don't go after the swamp and take out the corruption, then the corruption will reign supreme. It's weird because it's like the corruption's in my head, and I don't want to smash my head. There's a better way. It's like a detox. We need to detox. It's, it's not. I, look. We're talking about the legacy of revolving door politics. Someone who runs a, a big company gets a kickback. You know, they, they, they retire and then get a job in government. Someone who works at a major pharmaceutical will get a job at the, the FDA or whatever. Someone at a major agri- agricultural company will get a job at the USDA. And it's just one big circle. Halliburton, Dick yeah. Cheney becomes vice president. Then we get new wars. If the swamp isn't drained and Trump did not drain it, then the corruption reigns supreme. I, th- I, have, a, I have a feeling Trump is he's like i'm just imagining him sitting in a dark room like rocking back and forth like the time will come <laughs> i actually just visited a drain swamp when i was back in my hometown there used to be a, a swamp and it would flood the neighboring houses they ended up planting a bunch of plants that absorb the water and help it now fall down into the earth through this otherwise would have been a swamp let's read a couple more That's here a good we got story Ian. yeah let's Megan, deal with politics <laughs> megan cox says brandon i am sorry that many on the right abandoned you i didn't thank you megan Dude, what could we have done? Not, maybe I'll ask about this later. Let's do some more super chats. I'll ask you maybe on the after show we talk about this. Spiro Floropoulos says, according to sources say dot online, Nancy Pelosi wants to impeach Trump because he farted into a telephone. That sounds right. And then he said, you did it. You did it. I got to check back to the beginning of the episode. (laughs) So we, we had this idea. Wikipedia basically can't be sued because, uh, section 230. But the, the issue is that if someone writes a, a sentence like, you know, Seamus does a backflip, that's – and it's true. It's fine. But if someone then changes backflip to, you know, punched a dog and Seamus punched a dog, they didn't actually say he did. They only changed a single word. Interesting. So my idea was a website where everyone gets to queue up for one word to add to the story. <laughs> so you open it and it will say Nancy Pelosi, you know, wanted to impe- wants to impeach Trump because he blank and it's your turn to write a word and you put farted. Then someone else gets to write the next word and puts into, and then someone puts the telephone or whatever. So this guy Spiro made the thing. So anyway, my friends, if you haven't already smashed that that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show, head over to TimCast.com. We're going to have a members-only show coming up at 11 p.m. And uh, this one's interesting. I wonder how many feds are going to have to buy a membership <laughs> to watch the members yeah. only show. All of them. Fedcast. You can. I think they can just get in, man. I appreciate You can follow the show. At Timcast IRL, follow us on Instagram. We post clips from the show every day. You can follow me at Timcast on Twitter and Instagram. Brandon, you want to shout anything out? I really do, actually. So my organization is right now coming back. Uh, we got stripped pretty hard this uh, past year, but uh, one of the first live events that we're doing is going to be Saturday, June 11th in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. We're doing an event with uh, gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake, who I think is an amazing America First, tough as nails, hard on the media hard on crime, hard on immigration. She's amazing. And uh, so we're doing an event in Scottsdale, Arizona, June 11th, Saturday. And for anybody who's in the Arizona area, they can get tickets by going to walkawaycampaign.com. 
com, and you should be able to link right there on the homepage. And really, really, really make the effort, you guys, because this isn't just about like having a fun night, coming out and hearing people speak and stuff. It's really about helping support my organization make its comeback because we got leveled pretty hard. And so if you... Uh, if you believe in a movement of people walking away from the Democratic Party, if you want to see this movement come back in full swing, come out and help support us. Go to walkawaycampaign.com. It's going to be great. And also, I would also love it if people would follow me on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, somehow, I still have my accounts. <laughs> Those didn't get taken away. But I'm being throttled really, really hard. Uh, I used to have amazing engagement on Twitter, and I'm having a rough time. So go to at uh, Brandon Strzok. I have a search band, so you have to type the whole thing. Brandon, S-T-R-A-K-A. Uh, that's Facebook, Twitter, I'm on Truth, I'm on Getter, I'm on YouTube. Please follow me on everything. And retweet, 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 and share, and tell your friends. Should I keep going? Tell your friends. Well, let's, you let's, let's, we have let's, another let's, hour? Let's, let's what else get, you got? Well, let's skip Seamus and go right to Ian. I don't, I don't Bye, Seamus. Right, I want to yeah. shout out FreedomTunes.com, oh, where yes, you can yes. sign up for Seamus's uh I got so excited, I broke my chair. You really did. Well, you earned that, it, baby. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Seamus, is there, you want to get cute on camera for a second or anything you got going on? Yeah, I just want to I just want to so plug cute. this for a second. Look, I'm always cute on camera. No, but I, so yeah, FreedomTunes, if you guys want to go over there, check out the cartoons. We just released something today. We re edited uh, in an old video that happened to work very well with Justin Trudeau. I, I recommend you guys check that out. It's a funny one. We're going to be releasing one on Thursday. And also, we just launched our website. And on this website, you can get access to one cartoon per week that the public does not get. So that then you're, you're getting like 10 Freedom Tunes a month as opposed to the usual six. And we're, we're also uploading a good amount of behind-the-scenes stuff there. So FreedomTunes.com. Become a member. Support the show. Help us get independent from big tech. Uh, and thank you so much. You can get through uh, get through to me through IanCrossland.net if you want to get in touch with any of my socials. Also, I got a book that I, I wrote about, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. Now, when we were starting Minds, uh, I was one of the co-founders, and I used to live. I was living on the street for a while. And I documented it. And, man, it is a wild ride through my mind. So you can check that out. It's called Writing in the Dark. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting. It's like more of a manuscript or a diary or something, but it's on Amazon. You can get it there and I'll catch you later. Very cool. Check out Ian's manifesto. If you're so inclined, you guys may follow me on Twitter, minds.com at sourpatchlets as well as sourpatchlets.me. We will see you all over at timcast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye guys. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.